following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I'm your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host for the day, or well, <laughs> the only co-host for today, the Cannonball Alex Steele. Uh, Tyler is uh, enjoying somebody's uh, nuptials here for, the, for this upcoming week or for this week here. So uh, Tyler uh, got a little riggedy, riggedy wrecked, uh, <laughs> I'm assuming. Well, and what else is new, Scott? What else is new? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'd like to offer a congratulations to the uh, lucky uh, husband, uh, the newly crowned husband, uh, our old our old friend Chris Lampson. And I'd like to wish him, uh, on behalf of everybody uh, on the outside blitz uh, on the outside blitz blitz team, uh, you know, uh, happy wedding and a happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, happy birthday to Chris Lampson and and uh, happy ha- happy wedding. For him, happy uh, congratulations! I hope you have a wonderful wedding. I hope, we hope your uh, marriage is filled with uh, love and a lot of uh, wonderful things to come. Um, now, Alex, uh, it's just you and I today. Tyler, like uh, like I said, is he got uh, um, a little smashed? I remember when I had my first beer, uh, <laughs> but uh, Tyler Tyler got a little a uh, little wild last night. So it'll just be you and I, but. We have uh, some crazy stuff going on around the league, especially mm-hmm. with the trade deadline sort of looming here. Yep. Uh, that that is a thing. Uh, we we have um, scores to go over. We've got predictions to go over. Uh, we have our rookie rankings. We have uh, the updated rookie rankings, which actually holds some pretty decent sized surprises for guys that wound up on the rookie rankings this, this week. Um, guys emerging out of nowhere. Guys that weren't even on the outside looking in are mm. emerging onto that list. So we're going to be talking about those. We have a, a sort of worst to first situation when it comes yeah. to the uh, the top 10 versus the forgetful five. Um, a lot of crazy, crazy, crazy stuff going on. So uh, we're going to be jumping into the uh, scores here in a moment i'm just uh pulling up the scores for last week here but i am i'm kind of blown away by by some of the stuff that's been going on and then we're also going to be uh talking a little bit about what what we're going to possibly see at the trade deadline and also some comments from ownership it's starting to look kind of interesting (laughs) Uh, you you could say that again (laughs) but i i buddy Comments from ownership of these teams, uh, it, it's it's really uh, really kind of blowing my mind. Huh, getting old to bitch. <laughs> that's what I. I I'm, that's I'm a little kind preview. Of, <laughs> I'm kind of blown away by some of the things that we've we've seen. But Alex, we're going to jump into the scores here. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right, let's jump into the scores. Here are your scores for Week Six in the NFL, starting with the Giants and the Ravens. The Giants surprised the Ravens, twenty-four to twenty. Here, uh, it was a very, very exciting matchup. Kayvon Thibodeau comes up hot with the the final play. He had himself a rough game, but he comes up with a nice strip sack on the final play. Um, it, it, it turned out to be a a kind of a Cinderella story in, for him in that situation. And the Giants. 
continue to win in very strange fashion right now riding high five and one quietly five and one we we talked about it last week are the giants for real I absolutely believe that the Giants are for real when they can get to the quarterback the way they did. You know, Lamar Jackson did not look like Lamar Jackson last week. And I will tell you that uh, we were talking about it offline. And one of the things that I think we should need to pay a little more attention to, yes, PFF grades are important. Yes, uh, you know, all that other stuff is very important. But situational football, you know, the stuff that you can't see. The stuff that you have to, you just watch the game and you like, what What do you go to when the game's on the line? And Kevon Thibodeau still has some work to do. He's a rookie, but he did show some real, you know, some real improvement uh, as far as situational football is concerned. Like you want that guy to be there when you, you can ice the game. You can, you get that important turnover because turnovers are a rarity in this league. Um, unless you're the Detroit Lions, but it's another story. Uh, but you know, but getting getting to a pro, an MVP quarterback like Lamar Jackson, one of the most mobile quarterbacks in the league, and one of the one of the biggest rush rushing threats in the NFL, to get him in a position to work, to where he could make a mistake and throw that pick, and props to Saquon Barkley as well pissing off fantasy managers left and right by not scoring a touchdown but it iced the game right the uh the big thing about Kayvon Thibodeau uh rough game but he did I will say he did show some major grit a lot of guys would get down in the dumps in that situation having a rough game as rough of a game as he had uh especially on the run defense side of the football but for him to come out hot and make the big play that needed to happen for the Giants to be able to take this thing home um you know, kudos to him. Giants walk out 24 to 20 here. Is Brian DeBall the best thing that ever happened to the, the New York Giants here? It seems to be trending that way. I mean, you know, you had Joe Judge and uh, Jason Garrett and the goof troop, you know, mm-hmm. last year. So, you know, overhauling that system and then getting this guy to come in, the results do speak for themselves. Yep. And, you know, they got the Jags, the, they have the Jags today and they have the Seahawks next week and the Texans the following week, and then they have the Lions. So I'm saying that they're probably going to continue their winning ways. We could be looking at a 9-1 and football team by the time Thanksgiving rolls around. Oh, God. That, that would be something. And I, I think right now, if you're talking about Coach of the Year candidates, uh, you're talking about Brian DeBall and you're talking about Kevin O'Connell right now, the fact that they're able to walk in in, in Season 1 as – new head coaches and just be able to, to drive things forward the way they have for these football teams. And, and keep in mind too, this Giants team was a dumpster fire last oh, yeah. year and they kind of still are yet. From, yet from a personnel standpoint, from a personnel standpoint, the Giants are not really built. Um, I would say anyway, to be a, a deep threat in the playoffs or anything like that. But right now it's starting to look like the Giants are, are, not exactly beatable, really, anymore. If you were to talk, talk to me at the beginning of the season about this game, um, or even as a as a Vikings fan about about us getting ready to play the Giants in the future here, I would have marked that off as a W right away. It wouldn't have been a question. I I had it marked as a W on the schedule. Now I'm not so sure. Yep. And, and then you go looking over at the Ravens side of things. The Ravens are three and three. 
are you in panic mode if you're the Ravens at this point? I mean, at three and three, uh, and, and really, the Ravens have had some situations where they've had some winnable games. I just, I don't know that the Ravens are are for real at this point. I, I their defense it's, is atrocious. Their yeah. secondary is a mess. Yeah. And when you're getting beat out by the New York Giants right now, uh, some of the games that they've lost, I, I'm kind of, yep. kind of concerned. Yeah, well, especially with that loss to the Dolphins in week two. I mean, props to the Dolphins for stepping up and getting that last second drive. But just like you said, the, the Ravens put up, the, the Ravens got 42 points dropped on them, mm-hmm. you know, in that game. The Patriots dropped 26 points on them. You know, the only the only game where they where they allowed less than 10 points was week one against the Jets. And we and we've seen how impressive the Jets have been. Now, the Ravens have a divisional rival against the Browns this week. They've got the Bucks next week and the New Orleans Saints. So you could argue the fact that their schedule is a little bit tougher than the Giants. But I think the key word you just said is that the Ravens defense is not the Ravens defense we're familiar with. So, yeah. I'm pressing the panic button. Yeah, and, I, yep. I think three and three right now, and and with the the Bengals getting hot the way that they are right now, um, even the Steelers, uh, you know, the Steelers presented an issue for for Tom Brady last week on the defensive side of the football without T.J. Watt on the field. Yep. I mean, I think that's a big deal. If I'm the Baltimore Ravens. I'm in panic mode. I agree with you. I think they are sounding the alarms, just going, fellas, we're three and three. This is going to be an issue. And you know, considering that the Ravens have been a top-tier team in the NFL for years, and you know they've won two Super Bowls over their entire uh, career, but you know most recently I think it was 2000. I don't remember. I don't remember uh, off the top of my head. It was it was it was Steve, it was Ravens 49ers when uh, well, when Jim Harbaugh and uh, and uh, 2012. If I'm not 2012, sure. right? Uh, but you know that. But that was back then. That's when the defense was a force to be reckoned with. Not so much these days. No, that, that secondary is atrocious. Um, we're going to see what the Ravens do in the future here. But right now, I think I, if, if I'm Tyler and, and I'm looking at this team, I'm a little bit concerned. I don't think the Ravens have the gusto to make it uh, a, a deep playoff run, per se. I don't think they, they have it, in spite of the fact that Lamar is an MVP caliber quarterback. And to be perfectly honest with you, if they don't sign Lamar to a long-term deal, they're going to have even more problems on their hands. The Ravens are sort of on the downturn right now. I would be concerned if I'm uh, Tyler over here. I'd like to see what he has to say about that after the fact, but let's let's yeah. uh, keep rolling here. Yep. Uh, next up, Colts over the Jags, 34-27. Matt Ryan with a miraculous turnaround uh, after being on our, our forgetful five last week. Yep. He comes out with a monster stat line. He gets three touchdowns on the day, a great completion percentage. I mean, this man was on fire. He was he was determined, bound and determined to make a difference, and he does. And you know, he does so without Jonathan Taylor on the field. And yeah. the other that stepped up in a big way was Michael Pittman with 13 receptions for 134 yards. He had himself a big day. I mean, wasn't Col- wasn't Pittman injured last week? He was. He's been injured basically for a majority of the season. Yeah. You know, for the Jags, here's one thing I'll say about the Jags. First and foremost. They, they scored 27 against the Colts team that has a very good defense. I think Trevor Lawrence has looked better than he's looked uh, in, you know, in, from year one to year two. I mean, his completion, 20 for 22 in this game, which, which is not bad. The yardage total isn't completely there. But 
he has not played poorly. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think all for all but one week, I think Trevor Lawrence has been on point. And I think that this Doug Peterson offensive scheme suits him way better than it did uh, with under Urban Meyer. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, that, that that coaching change has definitely been the turning point for that organization. Right. I, I the, you look at the Jags' record two and four. I don't think it fully reflects the the the, the good football that they've played because really they have played some decent football in the last few weeks. And for them to be two and four in this situation is kind of surprising, um, given the improvements that we've seen. Uh, but still, I mean, the Colts, man, getting things done on the other side. Matt Ryan, dude, he, he turned it around. Colts picked this one up 34 to 27. A little bit of a surprise, to be honest with you. I expected the Jags to be three and three at this point. But, hey, Colts got it done. I'm, I'm a little surprised, and I'm actually surprised that it was such a high school game. When you showed me that Matt Ryan was the top performer, I was like, holy crap. What yeah. happened? Because yeah. <laughs> we were talking about, I guess he must have been chugging Metamucil and Blue Chew before the game. Because mm-hmm. I got to tell you, that's like a, that to go worst to first like that, very, very surprising and very refreshing. Last time that we saw a turnaround like that was Jameis Winston. Yeah. Uh, when we, you know, he would, he would go and he'd throw five interceptions one week and then go out and throw six touchdowns the next. It was insane. We also saw it from Ryan Fitzpatrick that same year. Yeah. We always see these things and, and sometimes guys just turn it on. Do you think that this is the turning point point for Matt Ryan? Do you think he's permanently back? Do you think this is like, you know, vintage Matt Ryan throwing to Roddy Wright, what Julio Jones type of thing? Or I don't think so. I, I don't think quite so. And really it's due to his age. I mean, he's getting up, he's getting up to Tom Brady years. Now, granted, I'm not saying that, you know, he should, he should consider retirement. I mean, he probably has one or two more good seasons left in him if used properly. Um, I don't think he's going to be traded to another team. This yeah. will probably be the last team he plays for before he retires. Yeah. Uh, having said that, um, I like the, uh, you know, he could use this momentum to get him past uh, the Titans, the Commanders, and the Patriots, although the Patriots defense is going to really step up to him. So a couple of tough games down the sledge. It's not a bad thing to split uh, to split with the Jaguars. Um, they got that tie hanging over their heads for that first game with the, with the Texans. That might come into play later in the season. On the Jacksonville side, uh, you've got the Giants, the Broncos, and the Raiders. You're gonna probably have tr- probably we're gonna probably have a little trouble with the Giants. I'm gonna probably you know I'll, I'm and you know the Bron- You know what the Broncos though. Uh, I don't think that they're as big a threat as a team. Definitely not on offense as they are on defense. I mean, I think that's an e- I think that's a deceptively uh, uh, easy loss for the Broncos and the Raiders. They're just kind of like middle of the field. There is a chance for this team to for the Jacksonville Jaguars to turn things around, especially the way they've been playing. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see where everybody uh, ends up like after Thanksgiving. Yeah, I, I think the Jags right now, if you if you look at their schedule, they have three games that could be, could be, depending on how things go, they could wind up being 3-0 and in the next three games, or they could be 0-3 in the next three games. All three of those games, to me, are toss-ups, even with the Giants being 5-1 and at the moment. I think all three of those games are toss-ups, because you don't know what Broncos team is going to show up. 
Uh, and you don't know what, what the Jags are going to do against that Broncos defense that has been very good. Uh, they, they've been outstanding these, uh, these last few weeks. So I, I'm kind of like taking a step back going, huh, this Jags team is, is kind of in a way right now where uh, they, Up, they upward trend, upward trend. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of feeling that. I, I feel like it is an upward trend situation. Um, they're they're kind of it, it's a it's an interesting thing for, for to see these guys. I I, I think that the um, I do think that that the the Jags, like I said, they they have an opportunity to be top notch. They could be they could wind up walking out of this thing being five and four. Or uh, and and being ready to go, they could be sitting near the top of their division. Uh, it really depends on on the Jags, and it depends on who shows up at the quarterback position. For, uh, for you know, if Trevor Lawrence from yesteryear shows up, or if Trevor Lawrence from this year shows up, mm-hmm. uh, it, it depends on the scheme. It depends on how Doug Peterson continues to coach his team, and really, the one guy guy that I'm I'm really concerned with how they're using it depends on James Robinson as well. I think yeah. he's been underutilized uh, this year. Last year, I think he's been underutilized in a big way. I like James Robinson a lot. They need to execute in that run game and give that man opportunities. We've if, said it on this show many times before. Yeah, if, if James Robinson isn't being given opportunities, then you're you're not doing something right. Mm-hmm. I, I just believe in that guy. And, and personally, I think if, if the Jags let him walk next year and, and they let him go to free agency, fine. Freeding frenzy. Yeah, let him go to free agency because that man's going to get signed to a huge contract. He's a damn good runner. I, I, I just I like him a lot, and I think that that they're missing the bus using him not by not using him. It's just a mess. So the Jags drop one of the Colts. Next up, we got the Patriots and the Browns. Sort of a surprise here. Patriots beat the Browns thirty-eight to fifteen. Bailey Zappi doing just. I mean, he's about to steal this starting job from from Mac Jones. He might very well be. This is the biggest surprise of the league, in my opinion. Absolutely. I mean, this rookie quarterback pops off the bench. We never expected to see him. I mean, it does it does help that he played the Detroit Lions last week. But but even more surprising that the Cleveland Browns allowed the Patriots to drop 38 points onto him. That raises eyebrows. That now like we can start saying, hey, this Bailey Zappi kid's for real. Yeah, late round draft pick. I, I mean, twenty four for thirty four, three oh nine two touchdowns. I mean, he didn't make a, a single mistake in this game. He looked damn good. Uh, you know, he, he, I really am kind of surprised by Bailey Zappi, him being a late round draft pick. I don't think anybody believed that he could come in and start, but I think that shows the the ability of the Belichick system um, to to help young quarterbacks. I mean, we've seen this before. Backup comes in. Very successful. Uh, when Tom Brady was suspended, we got to see, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo. That's where yep. he was molded. We we got to see Jacoby Brissett. That's where Brissett was molded. Mind you, Jacoby Brissett in this specific game for the Browns played hella bad. Uh, yep. <laughs> 266, a touchdown, two picks. I mean, he didn't play well. He had under a 50% uh, percent completion percentage. And, and, but I'm looking at this Bailey Zappi kid, and I'm I'm blown away by by what he's accomplished. And the Patriots dominated the Browns. And one guy I just want to point out, um, you know, in this in this uh, whole thing here, Jack Jones, the corner, the the 
this is one of those situations where I believe that the Patriots hit the the corner lottery again. Uh, he shut down Amari Cooper yeah. like nobody's business. And on top of shutting down Amari Cooper, the whole time he did it, he was shit-talking the Browns fans <laughs> the whole way, just being a loudmouth. Um, yeah. cor- he is the top corner on PFF. He's a 90.5, 91.7 coverage grade. Granted, his rush defense isn't that good, but he's only had 82 rush snaps, and it's his rookie year. Yeah, uh, it's it, you know I think they did I think they did hit the lottery with this kid. Yeah, primary function is to is to be a shutdown corner and uh, and in being in coverage he he did exactly what he was supposed to do. Um, and and the fact that that he was able to do that and do it so effectively and do it so well, impressive. And then also I want to point out this Patriots defense they did shut down the run pretty effectively especially with Nick Chubb who going into this game was the number one rusher in the league Nick Chubb only 12 carries for 56 yards he had a four point <laughs> average so they shut down Nick Chubb they shut down Kareem Hunt they I mean they they made it a point um, you know the the defense is sort of carrying the team but the offense is doing enough to to get a, a good amount of points on the board this is impressive. This is impressive by the Patriots to be able to take this backup rookie and just say, hey, we're, we're going to go and win football games. The Browns, on the other hand, the Browns are, are sitting in a surprising situation, two and four. Did you expect the Browns to be sitting at two and four going into week seven? I not, didn't. Not quite. I mean, we knew that we knew that there was trouble in paradise when Baker Mayfield got traded to the Patriots, sure. got traded to the Panthers, rather. And that's a separate story all by itself. But um, I still didn't expect them to be two and four. I thought it would be four and two. With having yeah. that dual with having that dual threat running game with uh, Chubb and Hunt and having Amari Cooper on the red on the roster. And they have David Njoku as a decent tight end. I would have you know, worse would have been three and three. Now you're two and four. I'm not pressing the panic button just yet. But I would like to point out uh, their next couple games. They have the Ravens today. Uh, they got the Bengals on Halloween. They got the Dolphins, and then they have the Bills. Not an easy schedule. So maybe I might be pressing that, after, especially if you can't get it done against this horrible Ravens secondary. This is their chance to bounce back. Yeah, they uh, bounce back. But what, one thing I do want to point out is is – and I think we can we can finally say it at, at two and four, Jacoby Brissett is not the answer. And, nope. and you know I think Jacoby Brissett has shown that he's not a starter in this league. Uh, you know he, a lot of people thought that Jacoby Brissett could be a starter in this league after what they saw with the Patriots. Um, Brissett did do a good job uh, in that situation, uh, coming in in relief of Tom Brady. And and then technically I guess Jimmy Garoppolo because Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt during that stretch. People saw that. We got to see Jacoby Brissett on a couple of different teams as a starter. We got to see him as a starter with the Colts. We got to see all, all, all these different places. Yep. The fact I mean, of the matter is, is that Jacoby Brissett is not a starter in this league, and the Browns better hope to God that if, if when Deshaun Watson comes back, which is on yeah. the horizon here, they better hope that he's the Deshaun Watson of old. Because if he's not the Deshaun Watson of old, this team is going to be going nowhere, and they're going to look very bad. Signing that man to the contract that they signed him to with after he basically didn't play football for nearly two seasons. This is Browns are going to be in dire straits. They might find themselves in a situation where 
they don't have their quarterback anymore. And yep. they, they're back in that, that quarterback purgatory where they're drafting a quarterback every single year to try and find that gem. We remember that. It was a oh, yeah. that stuff. I, I mean, we, we got to sit, we, we literally got to watch from Tim Couch to, you know, I, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Like, I, yep. there were so it, many players that they wound up picking up out of the draft where it was like, oh, this is going to be the guy. Nope. Oh, this is going to be the guy. Nope. The quarterback carousel is about to about to fire up again. Yep, it, it was it was like that every single year for them. For and and now they they seemed like they found the guy in Baker Mayfield, and then they had trouble in Paradise, and they got rid of him. And now they they better hope that Deshaun Watson's the guy. They better hope that, that that that's the answer because right now, if he's not the answer, then they don't have a quarterback. Yeah, it's not good. And just uh, one thing before we move on to the next one, I just want to point out the Patriots. Um, have their next games against the Bears, the Jets, the Colts, and then the Jets again. So here's a question for you. As hot as the Jets have been this season, and we'll get to them in a second, uh, do you think that the Patriots will sweep the Jets or will they split that series? I I do think it's going to be kind of leaning toward a split, to be honest with you. I think the Jets have have been kind of fired up. Weirdly enough, Zach Wilson has come out playing some of the best football I've seen him play. Uh, it, it's been kind of an interesting thing. And actually, you know, even if, if Zach Wilson wasn't on the field, I think those games would be tight because of the fact that Joe Flacco played pretty well when he was out there in relief. So, I, you know, I, I think it's leaning split, but Patriots could very well take both those games, given the fact that Zach Wilson is still a very green, very young quarterback. So, I mean, we, we could we could definitely see a split situation here. Yeah, gonna be, yeah, very exciting to think about. Yeah, those will be good games. Uh, next up, we got the Bengals beating the Saints 30-26. to 26. Uh, You know, the Saints are kind of in dire straits, and I'm totally not mad about it because I hate the Saints. Yep, but, uh, that's well documented. Oh, yeah, for sure. But Andy Dalton, you know, yeah, I hate the Saints, and I, I, I didn't like Sean Payton and his butthole-looking mouth. I, you know I didn't like him at all, but you know, looking at the Saints now, they're they're really having a hard time. They are another team that just does not have a quarterback. I mean, nope. the, I don't think they had one with Jameis Winston. I still don't think they have one in Andy Dalton. I don't think Andy Dalton is is the real deal anymore. We remember, you know, some of those magical seasons that he had with the the Bengals, taking them to the playoffs, and you know, they always get eliminated in the first round. And then he had that MVP caliber year where it was just like, wow, look at Andy Dalton. Um, but he, 17 for 32, 162 and a touchdown is not going to cut it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not in this league. I don't yeah. even have to look at the stat sheet to, to understand that. Yep. Um, Especially against a, a Bengals defense that really has an iffy secondary, if you think about it. Yeah. The, the they, same- al- they allowed 26 points. Yeah, the Saints defense is is actually a good defense. So that should tell everybody that that we're going to we are starting to see the Bengals fired up and we're starting to see the Bengals come back to form after a slow kind of eh start. They they're back to 3 and 3 now. And Jamar Chase just put up seven receptions for 132 and two touchdowns. Nice. Joe Burrow just went 28 for 37 for 300 yards and three touchdowns. I I really do think that the Bengals are on the up and up here. I, I think the Bengals are, are one of the more exciting teams in football. Um, and, and you could very well see them fighting with the Ravens for that division title. I could see the Bengals taking this division title again 
if the Ravens turn it on and start being the Ravens that they need to be. Uh, the Bengal, the Ravens, or the Bengals, because uh, both teams need to turn the Jets on. To Bengals uh... are red hot. I think yeah. the Bengals could take this division. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Because the Baltimore Ravens are in, in that in that precarious situation, where if they don't step it up, the Bengals will pass by them, and it shows in their next three games. They have the Falcons, the Browns, and the Panthers. Throw in the Steelers and the Titans, and I can easily see this being a three and two situation and that gets them past 500. I go, I'll go beyond that. I think this could be a four and one, even a five and O oh situation. Those are oh, yeah. five pretty soft matchups. Mm-hmm, right. So you, so the Bengals schedule is definitely going to uh, benefit them there. Uh, and on the other side, and on the other side of the football, the saints have the Raiders, the Ravens, the Steelers, and then the Rams and then the 49ers. Again, kind of an easiest ish schedule those Steelers are probably going to be very surprising um the Raiders are probably going to be a rough team I, uh, I this is a two and three type of type of area when you're talking to me Niners and Rams I think you're losing both those games even with the Rams playing iffy football yep Rams are better than the Saints absolutely and and, and I I really do think that they they've got a tough schedule ahead of them you know yeah. Alvin Kamara can only do so much for you yeah. yeah. When he's when he's when he's your top player but the rest of but the rest of the squad isn't doing anything. Yeah, it's trouble it's uh, it's definitely Chris trouble Olave. in the big easy. Chris Olave can only do so much for you too. Yeah, Chris Olave has been uh, uh you know, he was hurt in this game so he wasn't even out there but uh mm-hmm. he he's been a a revelation for this yep. team. He really has. He's been for something sure. to hold. You think he's better than Garrett Wilson? I do think he's better than Garrett Wilson right now. Now, but Garrett Wilson, do you think Garrett Wilson's played less snaps than Chris? Or, you know, the, or could, could you attribute that to the Jets running game being more of a priority than Chris than uh, Garrett Wilson? I think when it comes to the Jets, and, and we'll be talking about them pretty shortly here, but when it, when it comes to the Jets, what we're seeing is a young quarterback situation, much younger, and I think there's a lot more options with the Jets uh, as far as their receivers. Uh, you got to think about the the level of receiver that they have over there. We're talking about Corey Davis. We're talking about, um, you know, Elijah Moore. We're talking about uh, Garrett Wilson. We're talking about you know their running game. Brees Hall has suddenly emerged into into this amazing player. And then over in, in the Saints side of things, you got Olave, and then you got everybody else. Yep. You got Tyquan Thornton over there. Who like who? who? Jawan James like who? You know, we're talking about players that that uh, with the Saints right now. Michael Thomas is out. You got Jarvis Landry out. Olave, he, de- he yeah, Olave definitely has the better the better opportunity to eat. Yeah, yeah he's he's got the bigger opportunities to eat. And, and to be honest with you, I think he he can be more of a number one receiver than than um, Michael Thomas at this point. I think Michael Thomas. The contract that the Saints gave Michael Thomas is sort of a waste of time. And because of his injury history, I think that, that Michael Thomas has started becoming is has now just become a detriment. You know, the Saints are gonna be stuck with that contract unless they really deal him for like low value draft picks. They're not gonna get anything for him and they're still gonna have to pay him a huge chunk of salary at this point. The Saints are are in big trouble with their their uh, the contracts that they've they've doled out. 
and and we keep seeing them have to play, uh, you know, sort of uh, money manager every year. There, it seems they're way over the, the salary cap. It's insanity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with the Saints, they're they're going to be in in trouble for a while here. And I'm totally not mad at it. I'm I'm here for it. Um, but the, they're going to have to to start shaving some of that money off. And Michael Thomas's contract is not helping that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, now, next up, we've got the Steelers and the Bucks. Uh, Steelers surprise everybody. They beat the Bucks here. Kenny Pickett goes down with a concussion in the game. Out trots Smith Trubisky. Trubisky gets it done. The Steelers' defense, man, they shut down Tom Brady on the day. And Tom Brady was pissed. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he was yelling. I, I left my family for this shit. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he was angry as hell. You know, the story for the, the Steelers on top of the defense shutting down Tom Brady in this game was also the fact that Chase Claypool had his sort of like, hello, I'm still here type of performance. Seven receptions, 96 yards, and a touchdown. He kind of reminded everybody that he still is a good receiver. He said he thought he was the best receiver in football. He has not proven that through six weeks. But I will say that this was one of those times where he looked good. And Mitchell Trubisky... You could tell he's trying to like seize the opportunity from Kenny yep. Pickett. He goes nine for twelve for one forty-four and a touchdown. That's like the most accurate I've ever seen Mitchell Trubisky. In- now, is that a commentary on Mitchell Trubisky's play, or is that a commentary on the Buccaneers' defense? Uh, you know, I think it's more a commentary on Trubisky's play. I thought Trubisky okay. actually played decent football, okay. uh, but it, it, like I said, it was the, the the most accurate that I've seen Mitchell Trubisky his entire. Career. career. It's, it's, <laughs> That's saying something. Yeah. And as for the Bucks, you know, the Bucks right now are three and three. I know, look, the old saying has always been never bet against 12. Nope. You never bet against them because you don't, the moment, bet, you, don't, you don't bet against the goat. They call him the goat for a reason. The, the moment he, he's like a snake, the moment mm-hmm. you, you, you know, bet against him, that Cobra is going to strike you. And, and I'm, I'm just waiting for that moment when Tom Brady decides to be Tom Brady. Because I think, you know what, I, you know, when I think that's going to be, it's not necessarily going to be against the Panthers because they're garbage. Uh, the Ravens might be, might be a statement game. Uh, I'm pretty sure the Bucks can take out the Rams uh, in a re, you know, in a, in a, what did they, did they go to the NFC title game last year? Uh, they they did face them in the playoffs. It was the division. Playoffs. And so it'll be a playoff rematch against the Rams. That could possibly be a statement game. And, and Brady, if you remember, Brady had them by the balls. Mm-hmm. And the Rams got the ball back, and they, they threw Stafford threw a bomb to Cooper Cup yeah. uh, to, to take that game home. It, I mean, it was a, a long laser pass, but that was last year. Yeah, that was so, a bomb. I mean, yeah. I, I thought that that pass was, was just falling forever. He put so much arc on that damn thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it <was> <laughs> it kind of makes Rams fans wonder where that guy went because uh, he hasn't been around this year. We'll talk, we'll talk about that later. I think that, that the statement game that I'm looking at is the 49ers on December 11th uh, because that defense and that team is probably the top. It's the top team in the NFC West for sure. Um, they're definitely, I mean, it's a, it, it is definitely a very tight race right now, but I could totally see the 49ers just taking off. And yeah. when we hit that December 11th date, 
uh, we'll probably see the GOAT really just prove that, hey, I'm still here. The, ske- the rest of the schedule is actually pretty light for him, so he'll be able to build his rep up a little bit. Yeah, I, I think Tom Brady right now is is just kind of lying in the weeds at the moment. He's going to he's gonna emerge, and we're mm-hmm. going to see Tom do Tom things. And when we see Tom do Tom things, uh, you know, it's, it's never good for the rest of the league. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for that moment. I'm waiting for Tom Brady to show up and be Tom Brady. And, and I know it's coming. I have a feeling it's coming. Um, and I'm just waiting for it. So Tom Brady suffers a loss to the Steelers. This might be the wake-up call. I, I'm, I'm yeah. thinking this might be. What, uh, what do you do? I, I've said this a couple of times just in passing when watching football games, college football, pro football. What do you do when you get punched in the mouth? And in this case, Tom Brady got punched in the mouth. Yeah, exactly. And on the other side, uh, the Steelers, you know, this might be a good tipping point for them, you know, to get that second win of the season. But they got some tough sledding these next few games. They have the Dolphins, the Eagles, the Saints, and the Bengals. That could potentially be a one and three situation. Yeah, um, it, it it could be ugly for them. They they've got to get Kenny Pickett going. Um, Kenny Pickett has been good for them. I'm rooting for Kenny Pickett. I think he had a rough game against a really tough Bucks defense last week. Uh, he's got some weapons, but they need to get him more weapons over there. I mean, when Chase Claypool's your main guy, and and frankly, I didn't think George Pickens was anything spectacular. Uh, they they haven't been using Deontay Johnson the way that we're accustomed to seeing uh, Deontay Johnson used. He hasn't been much of a red zone threat for them which is kind of surprising. I'm amazed that Johnson hasn't been getting more touches and more yardage. They haven't been using him the same. Uh, And also, George Pickens, they said he was going to be the guy he hasn't been. Chase Claypool suddenly just emerges out of nowhere. They've been sort of relying on the defense. They've been, you know, they got to get Pat Fryermuth back out there. He had the concussion. He wasn't out there this past week. You know, well, if you get Kenny Pickett the weapons that he needs, I think Kenny Pickett winds up being a very successful quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers in the future. Yeah. Um, this is one of those times when, you know, Tyler talks about it all the time where you kind of threw a rookie to the wolves and, mm-hmm. and see how he handles the situation. And personally, I think he's handled it very well, but you've got to get him the weapons over there to make him successful and create a scheme over there to make him successful. Um, and he's going to have to develop a little bit in order to be successful. So, we're going to see what the Pittsburgh Steelers decide to do with old Kenny Pickett moving forward. Okay. Um, next up, we got the Falcons and the Niners. The Falcons surprise everybody here. 28-14 over the Niners. Just a wild day for them. Uh, Jimmy G had a rough time with the Falcons defense. Look, I want to point this out because it's worth mentioning. Number one receivers going up against the Atlanta Falcons do poorly. And I don't think anybody has noticed this, but I've noticed it. Over the course of the last several games, I've noticed it. And the reason I've noticed it is because every time I go into fantasy football and I start a number one receiver against the Atlanta Falcons, they get shut down. Yeah. I don't. They, they are shutting down number one receivers. The number one weapon for the 49ers last week was Debo Samuel. They got down early and they couldn't get Debo Samuel to going now. Who was the guy that was the big beneficiary? You know who does well against the Pittsburgh against the Atlanta Falcons? Number two receivers. Guess who scored two touchdowns last week? Brandon Ayuk, the number two receiver for the San Francisco 49ers. Every week that a team takes on the Atlanta Falcons, 
their number one corner shuts down the number one receiver. Debo Samuel, he had decent numbers, 7 for 79 yards, but it was not a Debo performance. It wasn't. I don't care what anybody says. That was not a Debo Samuel performance. He only had two carries for 11 yards. He had seven for ninety, uh, seven for seventy-nine yards, but that was about all he got. I Debo's one of the best receivers in the league, and yeah, to get, the shut, and to get shut down the way that he did, it, yeah, it's, it's eye-opening. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk, but on the other hand, and and really, if you look at the past performances of teams against the Falcons, the number two receivers have all been looking like world beaters. This is no different. Brandon Ayuk, eight receptions for 83 yards, two touchdowns. And also the tight ends have been getting open. George Kittle, eight receptions for 83 yards. I, I really do believe that that uh, the Falcons did a great job defensively, taking care of the 49ers this, the, the last week here. And really, Marcus Mariota, even though he had limited throws, he only threw 14 passes, he only had 129 yards, he was still 13 for 14. Yeah, We've seen, that's, like, that's, that's almost 100%. Yeah, I've I've seen teams win games, you know, on on that type of stat line before, and as long as he's being accurate and doing his job, I mean, hey, I mean he's getting it done. It, it was kind of interesting, and we know how Arthur Smith loves to run the run the football. They kind of been using this like running back by committee situation with Cordero Patterson being out. You got uh, Caleb Huntley, and you got Tyler Algier. I I think that they've been really doing a great job um, in Atlanta, just trying to roll with the punches. They wind up beating the Niners, a major upset. And the Falcons right now, guess what, guys? Still three and three. Yep. In spite, tied, of- in, spite, in spite of everything, they are tied for second in the NFC South. Now, granted, I still think that the division is Tom Brady's to win for the reasons yep. we mentioned earlier. Yep. Um, and if you look at the Falcons' schedule, they have the Bengals, the Panthers, the Chargers, and then the Panthers again. They're going to sweep the Panthers because the Panthers are, ga- are garbage are garbage fire at this point. Uh, tack on the Bears and the Commanders. You could see that being a uh, well, that's they got that the four zero stretch. Yeah, that could be a four zero stretch. I mean, the Bengals might get the Bengals are going to get in trouble. Yeah. But you know the Chargers, eh? The Char- it, you know, Chargers yeah, might be I a tough the, game. The Bengals and Chargers could beat them. But here's the thing, uh, you know, you you mentioned the Panthers. That's that's two W's. Yep. Right. I mean, that's it was sweet. like just back. That's two W's. The Commanders. That's a W. I I, I think that's a, a a W right there. Unless Ty, Taylor Heineke were, runs some of that magic, I think that's a W. This yep. this is gonna get a little interesting mm-hmm. with the Atlanta Falcons. They could wind up being like a middle of the pack team here, and I'm yep. I'm kind of like I thought these guys were gonna be sitting near the bottom. They could probably sneak into the playoffs as a wild card team. Possible. With by, via their record, it's possible. Do I yep. do I think it's likely? No, but it's possible. That's the crazy part. The fact that it's even possible is <laughs> it's like what? Huh? And then yeah. on the and then on the 49ers side, uh, obviously you got a lot tougher schedule. You got the Kansas City Chiefs this week. Good luck against Patty Mahomes. Uh, but you know we could, we should we we should res- see the resurgence of Debo Samuel because historically, as we've said, the Chiefs' defense is deceptively bad or not as good as the offense is basically what's winning games. Patty Mahomes, uh, you got the Rams, the chargers, and then the Cardinals. So for those four games, you know, it's, it's all a tougher games, schedule. All games they can win. 
is a tough oh, sure. game, but they have such a good defense and they have such a great run game and they have playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. I believe the 49ers right now are a threat. Yep, they are. They're they're definitely a super if they're not a they're a high they're a high playoff contender and they could be a Super Bowl contender if they keep their winning ways up. I agree. Um, next up, we got the Jets and the Packers. Jets beat the Packers. Surprise, surprise here. 27 to 10. Uh, yeah, exactly. Probably one, of, probably one of my favorite performances of the entire week. The Jets right now being 4-2 and two is just... It's, I, it's, I, it's, a, it's amazing. I'm it's stunned. absolutely amazing. I'm stunned by it. Uh, Zach Wilson, a, not a great performance from him. 10 for 18, 110 yards. But the guy everybody seems to be talking about and the guy that is carrying this football team, Brees Hall. Yep. He's carrying him. 20 fucking carries, man. 116 and a touchdown, a 5.8 average. I mean, he's he is the guy that everybody's queuing in on, and he is the guy that's dismantling defenses right now. And we'd be remiss if we did not talk about Sauce Gardner, mm-hmm. like possibly the number one corner on that team. And trolling the Packers fans by putting a big ass cheese head on his head at yes. the end of the game. Sauce Gardner has been uh, just tremendous. For, mm-hmm. for him. I, I really love everything that that he's been doing and accomplishing for them. Uh, we we knew he was going to be a number one corner. We just didn't know the level it was going to be on. Um, I, I had a feeling that, that, and I didn't know how quickly he was going to he was going to emerge. <laughs> you know, to be honest, <laughs> I mean. He currently leads the NFL. He has seven pass breakups. Um, he only allowed one catch for eight yards on six targets in that game versus the Packers. I, I think that's that's something to, you know, really just revel at at that point. I, yeah. I Charles Gardner. I think he's a he's a great corner, and I really think he's he. All those fans of Derek Stingley that that mm-hmm. thought that Derek Stingley was going to be the guy. Guess what? Uh, yeah. He's he's definitely not. Nope. So there's so, that. And then on the other, is, I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers and his struggle yep, because yep, he yep. hasn't had um, consistent receivers on the other mm-hmm. side, of, on, on the offensive side of the football. Look, I thought everybody thought Alan Lazard was going to be the number one guy and that Aaron Rodgers was going to show up and, mm-hmm. you know, turn another nobody into another one receiver the way he did Jordy Nelson and the way he did Devontae Adams and the way he did all these other guys. And Cobb. Yeah, Randall Cobb, another one. I mean, who's out on injury? So you know that's another reason. Uh, I'll get to that in a second. But but you know, Bobby Tanyan goes out there for ten receptions for ninety yards, which I mean, it, it's just it's an interesting thing. Aaron Rodgers seems disgruntled. There's rumors oh, yeah. swirling that he's going to retire after the year is over. Good. Yeah, I'd be thrilled. But you know, this this has become a thing. You know, for the mm-hmm. pack. I don't know that they're going to – I think they sniff the playoffs. I think they have a de- still have a decent shot at being a wild-card team. Uh, you never count on Aaron Rodgers. But, but – But, you know, you know, I was talking about – we were having this discussion after the Lions game against the Vikings. And throughout that game, you're going – you know, it was a little dicey at first. But at the end of it, um, you know, we thought about, oh, maybe the Lions are going to win the NFC North. Um, they're sitting at 1-6. and six. Right. They prob- they have one of the worst records in the NFL. And I said that Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers were going to take the division because Aaron Rodgers. Hold up. The Vikings are 5-1 and one right now. 
and the Packers are three and three. Randall Cobb is on uninjured reserve. You got Alan Lazard, Robert Tanyan, and who else? Yeah, I really. Romeo Dubs is your number one receiver, your number two receiver. There's a concern there. Yeah, uh, I think I'd be pressing the panic button if I was a Packers fan. Hey, Will, if you're listening to this show, uh, it's time it's time to change your diapers. Uh, yeah, I, probably I, I'd them right be right now. my mind if I was a Packers fan right now. Now, now, the, now granted, uh, you got an easy game against the Commanders this week, but then you got the Buffalo Bills. Yes, you have the Detroit Lions, but then you have the Dallas Cowboys and the and the Tennessee Titans and the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Tough sledding. That is a two and three situation, two and four situation, in my opinion. Yeah, I think the Packers are gonna gonna wind up having themselves a really really rough time in the next few weeks. Uh, they're they're gonna wind up getting you know a win or two, but I, I think ultimately a lot of <laughs> If the, if the Lions beat the Packers at home at Ford Field, then you're hitting the panic button. Oh, Ford yeah. No, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> the Packers defense, you know, a lot of people are, are – I remember going into the season, a lot of people were talking about the Packers defense and how the Packers mm-hmm. defense was going to be something to behold and how they were going to be something special. Jets dropped 27 <laughs> points on them this week. Yeah, let's let's put out the, the stat of the week because uh, – a lot of people are talking about, oh, well, you know, they're just taking on the Commanders this week. Well, I got news for you. And and they may beat the Commanders. Yep. But it's not going to be as easy of a game as a lot of people think, in my opinion. And and the reason I say that is Brian Robinson is the real deal. And Brian Robinson is going to yep. go, go up against the Packers this week. And he's going to take on that Packers defense that's giving up the fourth most rush yards per attempt. In the, in, in the yep. entire thing, they're giving up 5.3 rushing yards per attempt. That's no good. No, and if, and, you, can't, if you can't stop the run, you can't win football games. Yeah, and and Brian Robinson is going to go in there, and he is going to be utilized to the nine. Taylor Heineke is not a great quarterback. I'm not going to sit here and say he's a world beater, but what I am going to say is that Taylor Heineke knows this Packers team. Taylor Heineke. If you remember, gave this Packers team a run for its money in the past. Mm-hmm. I, Taylor Heineke is going to be utilizing Terry McLaurin, and personally, I think Terry Taylor Heineke is a better fit for this football team than Carson Wentz is. I think you're going to see Terry McLaurin come alive a little bit. But if they use Brian Robinson the way that they should be using Brian Robinson, the Packers are in trouble. Yep, they're already in trouble. They're three yeah. and three, and they lost Randall Cobb, one of their best receivers. Yeah, and they're they're going to be in trouble against this this uh, Commanders team if they don't if they don't really uh, kind of stop that run and get Brian Robinson grounded here. Now so, on the now on the other side of the football, uh, the Jets um, have a pretty interesting schedule. Uh, they've got the Broncos, the Patriots, the Bills, and then the Patriots again. Definitely tough sledding these next four games, but it's gonna it's going to prove their metal. Are these guys for real? Are can these guys hang with the big boys? I'm very excited to see uh, what these guys can do against top tier teams like this. Their schedule is definitely tougher, uh, but their win loss record shows that they have a, the, an ability to possibly fight for a playoff spot. We kind of laughed at the Jets a little bit going yep. into the season. And Robert Saleh, when he got he got uh, hired on, we kind of laughed about the hire. We we didn't really think much of the Jets. I think, yeah, and the- then Rob, and then Robert Saleh's defense starts pumping it up, and Detroit's sitting there going, 
maybe we should have picked this guy up instead of Aaron Glenn. Yeah, I, I look at, at the Jets. They've really made some good personnel moves, on the, especially on the offensive side of the football. Uh, Brees Hall has kind of shut me up so far. I, I mm. didn't think Brees Hall was going to be all that in a bag of chips because of the fact that he was playing only at Iowa State. We've seen that in the past where, you know, a player goes to a junkie school and then winds up translating to the pros. Brees Hall, I thought because he went to a junkie school that and he barely broke a thousand yards while he was there, that he was not going to be the real deal. So far, he's proven to be the real deal. Um, and, and the Jets seem to know how to utilize him correctly. He knows how to do it all. They need to make sure that they're not overdoing it with Brees Hall and, and you know, creating a Christian McCaffrey situation where they're they're hitting him on every play. But um, Brees Hall is something to behold right now. He is, has been awesome for them. The Jets really have a great situation going on. And even on the defensive side of the football with Sauce Gardner, their, their defensive line is great. They have good linebackers. Let's not forget C.J. Mosley is still over there. They have good linebackers, too. They have a good team. And I'm, I'm suddenly blown away by the Jets' success, especially with Zach Wilson just kind of playing eh football. I don't think Zach Wilson's the answer at the quarterback position for them. But to me, I would say they're probably a quarterback away from being true contenders. Yep. It's, 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 it's exciting to see. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of excited for the New York Jets here. So we're going to see where they go. Uh, next up, we got my Vikings beating the Dolphins 24 to 16. You know, this was not a stellar performance by the Vikings. Uh, they well, had a you're much- al- well, you're always hard on the Vikings, but. Well, I'm hard on the Vikings, but this wasn't a stellar performance. You, you went out no. and you beat the Dolphins 24 to 16. At one point, you know, the Vikings took a a pretty solid lead there. And, and you know, look, Skylar Thompson came in. Before he went down, Skylar Thompson was beating up the Vikings. He was 7 for 13 for 89 yards, and then he went down with a concussion. Teddy Bridgewater comes in, 23 for 34, 329, two touchdowns. He did throw two picks on the day. I just want to point out Patrick Peterson had himself a hell of a game in this, and so did Zedarius Smith, and we'll talk about them shortly. But I I, I just want to say I I think the Dolphins are the real deal. They got Tua Mm -hmm. coming back this week. They had a tough stretch here. The Dolphins lose three straight, and and they they lost three straight because their quarterback, their 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 guy, got hurt, and, and their doctor cleared him way too early and it bit him in the ass because of gross negligence on on the end of the Dolphins organization. We got to see you know the Dolphins really not look good, and we, and, we got to see two of throw up gang songs while being unconscious on the ground. Right, that's basically what we got to. And and I I think the Dolphins they're they're going to come back firing this week and I'm totally here for it I think yep. they, they've got a good situation for them Tua making his return here they, yep. they've got Pittsburgh Steelers I I think this is a good situation for the Dolphins moving forward with Tua coming back and yep. that they're going to wind up being that scary team that we saw in the first few weeks because we saw a scary team in the first three weeks of the year. Tua to Waddle is the key matchup you're going to want to look for. And not only do they have the Pittsburgh Steelers this week, they got the Detroit Lions. That's trouble in Detroit. They got the Bears and the Browns and the Texans. That could be a five-game stretch, a five-game streak right there. Uh, And on the other side of the ball, uh, your Vikings have the Arizona Cardinals. You should be able to win that game. The Buffalo Bills is going to be nasty. 
you're going up against the stingy Cowboys defense, and then you got the Patriots, and then the New York Football Jets. This is going to be tough sledding for the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings are going to have to play really good football. I think the defense, um, they, they stepped up against the Dolphins. It was an interesting situation because the offense was kind of stagnant in this game. Justin Jefferson still hit six receptions for 107 yards, which was great. Thielen got a touchdown, which is great. Um, Kirk did not play fantastic, though. 20 for 30 for 175, two touchdowns. One thing I will point out, though, is that the Vikings are 5-1, and one, um, and this is statistically... Kirk Cousins' worst year <laughs> as a wow. Viking, and that's um, and saying something. Well, we've yeah, called him happy. We've called him happy feet on this show before. The the, yep. cu- the chest the, the Cousins check down is a, a, a staple in our group. <laughs> you yeah, know, the, the check down Charlie situation with with Kirk Cousins. I mean, uh, Kirk he didn't play well against a, a Dolphins defense that has not been good as good as we expected it to be this year. A lot of us expected that Dolphins defense to be something special, and it hasn't been. Um, you know, the, the Dolphins, however, with Tua Tungabeloa on the field, I think are a different football team. And, and the Dolphins moving forward, they're going to have a really good time as long as Tua can stay healthy, which has always been a problem in his career. For the Vikings, it's it, you know, Kevin O'Connell deserves all the credit in the world for taking this team to 5-1. and one. We got sort of lucky. I actually marked down this matchup against the Dolphins as a loss in their in their uh, schedule at the beginning of the year. And for us, to we, we lucked out because for them to not mm-hmm. have Tungabeloa on the field, I think if Tua is on the field, that the Vikings lose this football game, especially with the way that they played on Sunday. It wasn't a good game. They didn't play well. They got a couple of key, key uh, uh, plays. plays. Key vic- and, and leading to key victories. Yeah. And I got to tell you, this is probably the uh, weakest 5-1. T- Would you say that this is the weakest 5-1 and one team in the NFL right now? No, I would probably say that the two teams that are, are I, I would put the Giants kind of on the equal plateau there with the Vikings. Okay. Even with the Giants beating Baltimore because Baltimore he's, is sketchy as well. Yep. Um. I would probably put the Vikings and the Giants kind of on the same plateau, and we're going to see which one is a phony because they both have decently tough schedules moving forward. So we're going to see which one is is the true phony here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I want to I want to see if the Vikings. I'm waiting for a Kirk Cousins explosion. That's what I'm waiting. For. We always talk about Kirk Tober and Kirk Vember and all these different things. Last year, Kirk Toberfest didn't happen, right. and uh, you know Kirk Kirk Cousins in October usually is something really special but actually recently it's been Kirk Cousins in November uh, as of last year where he blew up so I'm waiting for Kirk Vember to show up rather than Kirk Tober but I want to see that Kirk Cousins explosion and I want to see if Kevin O'Connell can tap into that here's a game to earmark Christmas Eve you got the Giants now granted that's week uh 15 16 that's week 16 so that's going to be pretty deep into the season but still something to look into it could wind up being one of those games where we're, we're going, hmm, interesting. The Vikings technically right now would be the two seed in the NFL uh, as it currently is, especially because of the divisional wins. They actually have three divisional wins moving into this week. They've beaten the Packers. They've beaten the Lions. They've beaten the Bears. So they, they do own the, the tiebreaker, technically speaking, with the Giants because of their divisional victories. I want to see if, if the Vikings can continue onward the way that they're continuing. I mean, if they play... You know, uh, uh, this upcoming week, or you know, or I'm sorry, uh, 
not this week because they're on the bye. If they play after the bye, the way that they played against uh, the Dolphins, this team will not be successful. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna see a downturn pretty quick. But Kevin O'Connell has to rein in Kirk Cousins and get him focused and start letting us see the Kirk Cousins that we're hoping to see and the guy that we want to see blow up because when Kirk Cousins gets hot, we've seen it, Kirk Cousins gets ridiculously hot. Um, I want to see Kirk, and, and really I hope it doesn't happen too early. I would love to see Kirk Cousins get, you know, the Kirk Cousins get like four games before the playoffs. Get, you know? hot, get hot right at the end of the season, right when you need to be. That's that's a, maybe three games before the playoffs and then get into the playoffs and then just, you know, eat people alive. That's what I, I would like to see. So far, Kirk has not been hot, but he's been doing just enough to win. So we'll see what the Vikings do in the future. But right now, not entirely sold on this Vikings team. Still 5-1. and one. I'm going to enjoy the win. That's what people on Twitter keep telling me. I need to enjoy the wins. Enjoy the fact that we're 5-1. and one, even Hang the banner. <laughs> skin of our teeth. You know, but I, I'm going to... I'll, I'll let the homerism, uh, you know, keep kind of, you going in this situation. Yeah, and we'll, and we'll get back to this at the end of the season when uh, yeah. when we see how how everything goes. Exactly. Uh, next up, we got the Rams beating the Panthers twenty four to ten. This one was sort of expected. PJ Walker comes into the game. I mean, who cares? Uh, PJ mm-hmm. Walker is taken out of the game. Jacob Eason comes in. He's garbage as well. Uh, the the Panthers. Eh. Post. Yeah, they're, they're kind of toast. They're cooked, and, and I think they're in, you know, uh, a sell mode. We'll be talking about Christian McCaffrey pretty shortly here. But the, the Panthers are, are basically in full-blown, you know, sell-everything-off, rebuild type of mode, and that's where I think they're going. As for the Rams, the Rams right now are, are <clears throat> you know, sort anomaly. of water, I guess. They're 3-3, they're three and three, which is not what we'd expected out of a out of. The Super Bowl contenders, we, we see the, the, the Bengals are kind of in the same boat. You know, they, they're having all kinds of problems. The Cam Akers situation is a, is a problem. We'll talk about that shortly. The inability to get Allen Robinson going. This is actually probably his best stat line that I've seen from the year. Five receptions, 63 yards, and a touchdown, which is saying something because Allen Robinson is better than that. But at this point, do you think Allen Robinson's cooked? Yeah, I mean, it, it's not uh, – he's been in the league for quite some time. If I just take a quick look at his uh, um, his, his bio here. Unless, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, I believe that he, he was first drafted in 2014. He's been in this league now for eight years. You know, he's 29 years old. He's right around the point where he's going to start to regress. <laughs> that that's That's assuming, of course – that he's made significant progress with the Bears when he first played. Um, but, you know, the fact that he's in his eighth year, he's 29 years old, he's right at the he's right at the edge of, you know, the big 3-0. And as we've said, you know, when, it, when, when top-tier players reach their 30s, they start to dip a little bit, unless, of course, your name is Tom Brady. This, but, is, uh, this is supposed to be the prime for him. That's the mm-hmm. thing. From age 27 to 33 is supposed to be the prime for for a professional athlete, and right now we're not seeing him perform at his prime. Additionally, I don't think he's a good fit for the Rams. I think their expectations were for him to be Robert Woods, and the packages that they used Robert Woods in last year are not the same packages that Allen Robinson should be used for. And I think that's part of the reason for that is Kevin O'Connell. Yeah, I think Kevin O'Connell is a big deal. I think he would know how to utilize a guy like Allen Robinson. But Kevin O'Connell's not there. 
And and I think that, that Sean McVay is trying to feel his way kind of through the situation. It's become a, a weird uh, deal for the Rams here. I'm not accustomed to seeing them struggle as hard as they are. Matt Stafford has not performed uh, up to snuff, to be honest with you. And I think that that elbow injury is something that they're not letting on that, that's affecting him. Uh, mark my words, I've said it before, I'll say it again. The man's going to need Tommy John surgery. Uh, whether or not anybody wants to admit that, he's going to need it. I, that's just what it comes down to. Um, so, I mean, you're, I, I think the Rams are, are in for it uh, in the upcoming mm-hmm. weeks here. And the Panthers, obviously, are in rebuild mode. Right. Uh, but then but then you got the 49ers, the Buccaneers, the Cardinals, the Saints, and the Chiefs. So, loss, loss, should win, should win, loss. That's two That's two and three. And, so, and Cardinals, you, it just depends on which Cardinals team shows up. Yep, that's right. Kyler Murray could just pop something out. You know, he could pop a rabbit out of his hat and stun. It's a divisional It's a divisional opponent as well. Yeah, so I, that's actually a toss-up. If the Cardinals team that showed up on Thursday night is the Cardinals team that, that shows up against against the Rams, you, you could be talking about a one and four stretch. Yeah, so, I mean, it, I'd be I'd be pressing the panic button that that after that game, yeah. I'd start pressing the panic button as a Rams fan. Yep. Now, if the Cardinals team that shows up in Week Six is is there, that would be, you know, kind of an issue. The Cardinals drop one to the Seahawks, nineteen to nine. Seahawks have been just weirdly winning games. I mean, they're three and three right now. But if you look at the Seahawks, Geno Smith. What in the hell? I, I it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't think Geno Smith is that good of a quarterback, but you know he's he seems to be performing well under the Pete Carroll system. Uh, this was an amazing game for him, but the Cardinals defense has been weirdly good in the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know they they had all the interceptions on Thursday Night Football. Now here we are, the Cardinals defense they hold the the Seahawks to 19 points. Geno Smith goes twenty for thirty-one. For no, they, one. Held, they held. They held the Seahawks to nine points. They won with nineteen. No, 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 no. Cardinals. Cardinals held the Seahawks to nineteen points. Oh, okay. <laughs> the Cardinals. All right. Well we'll, well, we'll we'll just keep moving on from that. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> the, the Cardinals defense held the, the Seahawks to nineteen points. The the Seahawks win this game, but uh, you know, Geno Smith. Eh, eh. Yeah. Eh. He exactly. Himself an incredible game, but but the games prior to that, Geno Smith has like blown up the world. I don't understand what's happening in Seattle right now. Um, but Car- I think I think the evidence really started to hatch itself. In, you know, week one, we thought that Russ Wilson was going to come in and just beat him over the head with a sledgehammer, and now the running gag in our group is that let Russ cook, and he's yeah. not cooked very well. Yeah, he, he's he's apparently not cooking. I mean, we, we keep talking about, you know, spaghetti o jello molds and things like that. And yeah. I mean, that's kind of where we're at with Russ Wilson. But in Seattle, I, I just feel like Seattle, um, they could mm-hmm. be a French playoff team if they continue to play that, that's at this level. The funny thing is, is, I mean, look, I think Pete Carroll knows and I think everybody else knows that Geno Smith is not the answer at the quarterback position for the right. Seahawks. Let's be real. But mm-hmm. if the Seahawks keep winning football games and let's say they, they push themselves into kind of a late teens draft pick. Are you really going to get the quarterback of the future? I don't Not really. If you're like, if you're like 20th round or like, you know, late, late first round, like in the twenties. Yeah. You're not, you know, the quarterback field is going to dry up pretty quickly. 
Yeah, I, I think we're talking about, you know, C.J. Stroud is looking like number one overall right now. And then mm-hmm. after him, you're you're talking about, about you know, Bryce at that point. I mean. <laughs> Bryce Hall, yeah, from Alabama, who yeah. dropped the deuce against Tennessee in quite possibly one of the most exciting college football games I've ever seen in my life. But that's yeah. a, that's college. Uh, Hall, Bryce Hall could be the next guy that you're talking about here. It's just, it's kind of become a weird thing for Seattle, and, and they're going to be like, if they if they keep on this trajectory, they're going to wind up with a mid-round draft pick, and they're going to be old Mother Hubbard with nothing in the cupboard when it comes to that draft day. It's going to yeah. get really wild. Yeah, and, 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 and you know, because they have the Chargers, the Giants, the Cardinals, and the Bucks. You know, for those for those four games, I'm calling a two and two stretch, possibly one and three, yep. because again, depends on which Cardinals team shows up. But the Giants are going to probably give them a run for their money, and Tom Brady might start doing Tom Brady things to this team. Yeah. Um, as Our- far as Arizona goes, um, you know, and, and granted, the NFC West is a is <laughs> is parody city here, but as far as Arizona goes, they've got the Vikings on the thirtieth. So they don't, they don't play this week. Then they have the Seahawks, the Rams, the 49ers, and then the Chargers. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's too, I don't know. It's it depends on who shows up. Again. Yeah. The, the Cardinals, um, they, they notoriously give the Vikings fits. So I'm, I'm not looking forward to that game, but mm-hmm. the, the Cardinals are an interesting squad right now. I mean, their defense has shown up the last two games in a big way, even though the the scoreboard in, in the Thursday game shows that the Saints scored 34 points. Let's not forget the Cardinals were picking off Andy Dalton. He, they picked him off three times in that situation. Um, and they were up 28-14 to 14 out of nowhere <laughs> going into <laughs> halftime. I mean, it was uh, on two pick sixes. Cardinals defense has been, you know, that, that was the name of the game. There's turnovers on Thursday, and now here we are. Uh, you know, they're shutting down the Seahawks to 19 points. So... Seahawks and Cardinals getting it done, or uh, Seahawks get it done against the Cardinals. But yeah, it's it's kind of becoming a uh, um, an interesting situation. Next up, we got the well, a game we looked at as the game of the week. Bill, and it was, and it was a great game. Bills beat the Chiefs twenty four to twenty. Look, folks, I know you want to get excited about it. I'm okay with getting excited about it. That the Bills went out and beat the Chiefs twenty four to twenty. But let's also like think about this all right don't get ahead of yourselves Mm-mm. bills beat the chiefs last year in the regular season too and then we saw what happened in the playoffs don't get ahead of yourselves let's wait until we get to playoff time because we know both these teams are going to be playoff teams as long as everybody stays healthy oh yeah and we're going to be having a conversation about bills and chiefs likely in the playoffs oh yeah <laughs> i i'm hoping for an afc title showdown between those two teams yeah. Which of those two teams is going to make the Super Bowl? And the thing that happened last year in the playoffs, the Bills' defense fell asleep, and Patrick Mahomes won by the by the toss of a coin and a touchdown pass. The, the thing about the the playoff rules are a little different now because of that mm-hmm. game. You know, yes. the rules. It, you know, the other team gets it gets an opportunity to respond. The Bills going into that game, if they do go against each other in the playoffs, let's say they go to the AFC title game, the big question is going to be, can the Bills exercise the demon that is the Kansas City Chiefs? Because for the last two years, the Chiefs have defeated them and eliminated them for the playoffs. And 
I don't know. I, I think the Bills are still the odds-on favorite to be the Super Bowl uh, champions, and I think the Bills are the odds-on favorite to wind up going, you know, being obviously the AFC uh, representative. Mm-hmm. I think the Bills are a great team. I think Josh Allen is really something special. I think oh, yeah. the, the Chiefs are are winning games, but they're winning games kind of luckily, I guess you could right. say. It, it's it's on Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Yep. And if Mahomes it's, isn't there, they're in trouble. Yep, they won they won against the Raiders by the hairs on their chinny chin chins. They barely beat the Chargers and a beat up uh uh Kent uh, what's his Justin Herbert, you know, with his bad ribs. Uh, and they lost to the Indianapolis Colts. So it was a strange loss. And mm-hmm. and one thing I want to point out is the lack of weaponry mm-hmm. that is at the disposal of Patrick Mahomes. You know, yeah, you got Travis Kelsey over there, but in, in Juju Smith Schuster he had himself a hell of a game against the Bills. But but you lost Tyreek Hill. Yeah, you don't have Tyreek Hill. You're, you don't have Sammy Watkins. Right. Your number one guy is Juju Smith Schuster right now as mm-hmm. far as receivers go do they still have damian williams or did he get traded i believe he went elsewhere i but i i just i think that juju smith schuster is the kind of guy that that i don't think he is a true number one anymore i think he was number one for a couple of years but i don't think he's that guy and and i think you know he he had himself a hell of a game against a bills team that didn't have their number one corner on the field and we're still waiting for that number one corner to make his way back but, um, yeah, I think the Bills, they're going to have – they're going to just dominate, essentially. That's my expectation from the Bills is just dominate a majority of the season. I think you're going to see the Bills in 13, 14, 15 win territory. This game, I know a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, the Bills, they're going to they're gonna dominate the Chiefs. Look, never count up at Mahomes in the playoffs. Uh, this, this game is not going to be the complete indicator of what can happen in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, and and as great as Josh Allen is, he's going to have to exercise that playoff demon that is the Kansas City Chiefs. And he, this could turn into a Peyton uh, Brady situation. Uh, this is could this is a truly a quarterback rivalry of the modern era, and I'm here for it. Yeah, and we're gonna, and we're getting a decade of these guys at least. Yeah, this is exciting football. So I mean, I'm I'm fired up for it. Uh, next up, we got Eagles and Cowboys. Eagles beat the Cowboys. It was to be expected. 26-17 on Sunday Night Football. Cooper Rush looked like hell in this game. Uh, this is the first game where Cooper Rush really, truly looked bad. Uh, Eagles dominated him. He had three picks in the, on the day. And a uh, guy who just kind of showed up and said, hey, I'm still here, Zeke Elliott. 13 carries, 81 yards. He had a touchdown. He had a 6.2 average. You know, Zeke Elliott is the real deal as far as I'm concerned. I still yep. think he's the real deal. The fact that the Cowboys haven't been utilizing him as much as they should be, um, this game was an indicator that if you had given Zeke Elliott the ball, like so 13 carries, he had 81 yards. So, I mean, and I know this is kind of just like assuming, but if he had 13 more carries, do you think he made that 160 yards? And maybe a touchdown or two. Yeah, I, I just... I look at that that type of number and I go, huh? Look at that. Well, maybe this is probably a wake up call for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, granted, you're facing the only undefeated team in the league and most likely the NFC representative in the Super Bowl if they keep this up. Uh, So you know, and then Cowboys Eagles have always has always been a fierce rivalry. Uh, That said, 
uh, when, if you look at the Cowboys schedule, they got the Detroit football lions uh, this week. Then they got the bears. The, they got the whole NFC North for the next four games. So mm-hmm. it could easily be a two and two or three and one. And, and, and the one is the Minnesota Vikings. Now, granted, uh, this is a rematch from the, you know, this is a another fight from uh, you know the NFC title game a few years ago, but you know this Vikings team has the has probably the best shot out of the next four games, mind you, to bring that win streak to a halt. I don't think it's going to happen. No, I think the Cowboys right now are are the Oops, Cowboys. Cowboys are in, in dire straits. I, I think that, you know, they... I was looking at the wrong team. I'm sorry. <laughs> the Cowboys are, are in dire straits right now. They're 4-2. and two. Um, You know, they, they took a hard loss to the Eagles here, and, and I expected them to lose this football game because of the fact that it was Cooper Rush on the field. I just want to point out the Cowboys stayed in this game because they, mm-hmm. they had still had 17 points. It was 26-17. It, it was still a nine-point football game against a 6-0 and team with Cooper Rush as your starting quarterback. And I think a lot of, and, and Ky- Tyler kind of put it best last week where he said, Cooper Rush didn't win those fucking football games. No, the rest of the rest of the squad and the defense won yeah. those games. And, and that's kind of where we're at here. I think I, I'm with Tyler on that, where, where I do believe that's true. I think that's 100% accurate. No. Um, Cooper Rush didn't win these football games. Dallas nope. Cowboys. And, and it got it, he got exploited here against the Philadelphia Eagles. He got taken advantage of. He got the hell beat out of him. And, and I think it makes absolute sense what Tyler says. Cowboys wound up, you know, basically floundering against the Eagles here. If Dak Prescott's on the field, we may be having a different discussion. We might be having a completely different conversation at that point. So, um, you know, I, I think... Uh, um, you know, that, that's, that's kind of what we're, we're looking at here. Uh, so with that, the, the Eagles go ahead and beat the Cowboys last but not least chargers and the Broncos 19 to 16 in favor of the chargers. What a snooze fest of a fucking game. This turned out to be, <laughs> I am so sick and tired of seeing the Denver Broncos oh, in time. I'm, I hate it. I'm, I'm so done with Russ Wilson. I'm so done watching this this stagnant, just awful <laughs> offense on the field. And then the fact that the, the, here's the thing: the Broncos' defense is so good that they're making opposing offenses be bad. And then at the same time, the Broncos' offense is so bad that they're not putting up any points. So you're just getting shitty football all day long. Yeah. Like Tyler, I know because he's like. Mr. I'm a Ravens homer. He's all, you know, used to these like, you know, oh yeah, let's let's go ahead and have defensive football games and blah 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 blah. And <laughs> he's all about that life. To me, I'm like, um, I'm not about defensive football. And I, yeah, look, de- you know, defense does win championships, but come on, guys, let's yeah. see some offense. Yeah, I I just and and I expected. Um, you know, I don't know. I expected a lot more, and and especially with the way um, Russ started this game hot. He started like what was it, thirteen for thirteen in this game, and then he went four for thirteen in the uh, afterwards. You know, I, I 
<laughs> was just a shit show. I'm so done with Broncos on prime time. Get them the hell off my screen. If I don't have to watch another Broncos game for the rest of the year, I'm totally here for it. I fucking <laughs> hate watching the Broncos now. Um, they're, they're just so bad. It's so boring. I you you mentioned last week, like, hey, get me give me a fucking free mattress or something, like, so I can fall asleep because these are some of the most boring football games we have watched. And the fact that week over week over week, they're either on Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night. Get these fucking guys off prime time. I don't want to see them. And now they've got a London game. Yeah, they have a London game against the Jaguars, and then they also have a prime time game against the Chiefs. So it's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't want to see Broncos. I don't want to see Broncos. They they still have a London game coming up. I like I don't want to watch this, and that's next week. But it's like, fuck, stop, stop it. Like we're we're stuck watching them on on Sundays. Like I, it's like, oh god, I just don't want to watch any more Broncos games. Hopefully, this London game is the last game where it's technically a primetime game. Like it's sort of a primetime game. It's like nine in the morning though. Yeah, so so you get to sleep in that day. Yeah, but it's the only game that's on. Like, I'm not going right. to miss football just for the sake of it. Like, a day filled with football from 9 in the morning until, like, 11 o'clock at night is like heaven. But mm-hmm. I don't Give know. Give us some good gonna, ball. Yeah, it's. I just don't know that it's going to be heaven watching the Broncos at 9 in the fucking morning. Like, yeah. if I wanted something to, like, make me sleep in, like, I'll just turn on the game, watch it for a couple minutes, and then I'll probably wind up falling asleep from boredom at that point. I, I just... It's going to be so fucking awful. And the most insulting thing about this whole thing is that Russell Wilson signed that big money contract for five years. And this is what we're getting in year one. Yeah, I I hope for Russ's sake that uh, he can turn it around. But man, what a mess. The Chargers, on the other hand, they get it done. Justin Herbert didn't have himself a horrible game, but he threw the ball 57 times in it, which is just insanity. Um, the hero of the day, Dustin Hopkins, four for four with his injury. He had a, a, a plant leg injury. He'll be out for a few weeks. But, you know, four for four, he got it done, man, including the game winner. Got to give the guy props for gutting it out and, and just, you know, making it happen, winning a football game here. Yep, and they are sitting pretty at four and two. And I got to tell you, their schedule, they got the Seahawks, the Falcons, the 49ers and the Chiefs. That's an easy, that's easily a two and two. And uh who's and who's the number one receiver over there in in um in, in Keith the, Allen. Keith, Keith Allen. Allen. The, the Falcons are gonna be all over Keith Allen. So let's see how Keith Justin Herbert adjusts to that. Keenan um, Allen is one of those guys where where and I've always liked Keenan Allen. I, I think he's sort of injury prone. Um the it's it depends on which guy that they, they decide to cue, on, cue in on. I think Mike Williams is going to have a big day in that game um, when when he when they do take on Atlanta because Mike Williams is the number two over there, um, technically speaking. But, yeah, Keenan Allen, I I think he's he's something special. But we're going to see uh, what, what he uh, what he winds up accomplishing here and if he, he makes his way back off the injured list because Keenan has been hurt for a little while. Um, Broncos, uh, we also have to talk about the one other elephant in the room. Melvin Gordon gets benched, yep. uh, you know, and that's and, big uh, news. Yeah. In favor of Latavius Murray, uh, you know, he, he had three carries for eight yards before Latavius came in and Latavius is Latavius Murray. Just one of those guys where he just shows up on a team as like, Oh, Hey, we're signing you off the streets and 
we're just going to make you a starter. Like, like, are we going to be talking about Latavius Murray year over year in that same fashion? Like, maybe. I don't think it's a good coaching decision. That no, could I, be another reason why the Broncos are 2-4, and because the, the coaches don't know what they're doing over there either. Yeah, you know, I, Russ, they, Russ Wilson is not helping things. The coaching staff is a mess. And if you look at the next couple games, they got Jets, Jaguars, Titans, and Raiders. At the beginning of the season, you would have thought, wow, those would all be wins. Now it's like that could easily be a, an 0-1-4 stretch. It yeah, could be. It could be. It's it's going to get ugly. I I want to see what happens with the Broncos here. There's Just, an interesting and there's an interesting exactly. story we can get into news that they're they got four players earmarked for trades. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. But you know if if, if it's looking like fire sale in Denver. You know, do they do they tank to get a new quarterback at this point? Because you, you signed Russ for five years. Yeah, here's I think the the Broncos. You know, I think there are guys requesting trades, but I don't know if they they have uh, all of them set up for trades. But I I do know that Nathaniel Hackett is a dumpster fire over there. He has been a mess. Um, a lot of people are saying that Nathaniel Hackett should be fired. He's only been there, folks. He's only been there six games. Yeah. <laughs> and it and it's telling that he that people want to fire him. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's that's interesting. And then so. MCDC still yucking it up in Detroit, and Sheila Hamp is like, "I'm all in on him." I'm like, "Oh boy, <laughs> hey, it's going to be all right. I promise." He's right. He's, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. But uh, folks, that's our scores around the NFL for Week Six. Now, Alex, we're going to um, take a quick break here. And then when we come back, we're going to jump into our news around the league. We're going to talk in our rookie rankings, our uh, top 10, forgetful five, all that good stuff. And then we're going to jump into our predictions for the week. So let's take a quick break right here. And we'll be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's your time massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Welcome back to the Outside Blitz. I am your co-host, the Cannonball Alex Steele. Yay! I'm going to give you yay because I always give Tyler booze. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, I'm, I'm uh, your co-host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, and and we're we're right back here, uh, Alex. We've got some uh, rookie rankings to go over. Um, we've got some top 10 uh, performances for the week. I want to jump in to this uh, top performer situation here. Uh, I don't know that we can call it Tyler's top 10 because Tyler's not here. So yep. fuck that guy, but uh, <laughs> oh, uh, him and his October weddings. I swear to God. 
But let's talk about our top performances from week six. Uh, I want to get into this. I want to start with our number 10 guy. And the fact that this guy is our number 10 guy and we gave him such big ups, let's talk about Brees Hall a little bit. 20 yep. carries, 116 yards and a touchdown. We talked touched on him a little bit earlier. He is now like the heart and soul of the Jets team, right? I, I think that's kind of where we're headed. I think that's I think that's accurate to say. I mean, you know, like you say, run the ball, win football games. Yep. And if you look if you look at his PFF grades, I mean, I, I think uh, it's something it's something exciting to see. You know, yeah, he's, he's been on the up and up. Uh, you know, he he didn't really get into the game. You know, they were kind of relying on on Michael Carter and whatnot for a little while. Uh, he didn't really get in until you know the last few weeks, and and when he got in, he was hot. Yep. So, I mean, we're talking about a, a guy that really, I don't, I don't know that the Jets knew initially what they had. Sometimes, you know, teams like to sit some of these rookies sometimes and not give them the real opportunities. Now that Brees Hall has kind of, you know, come out and flourished, we're, we're going to see Brees Hall be the guy in the future. Do you think, even with the, the you know, limited couple of weeks, do you think Brees Hall breaks 1,000 this year? Do you think he becomes one of those 1,000-yard rushers? That's a bold prediction, Cotton, but I'm going to go ahead and jump on that wagon, um, yep. especially if he keeps up the momentum and especially <clears throat> if he keeps up that, that performance that he did against the Packers. Yeah, if, he, bar- if he can keep turning it on against other teams, he can do it. Yeah, barring an injury, I think you, you're going to see this guy be a 1,000-yard rusher. I mean, if, if he keeps up on this pace, I mean, right now, 116 yards is a huge chunk of that. <laughs> yeah, that's a tenth. You're you're already almost there. Well, you're already a tenth of the way there. That's, that's a huge chunk. So I mean, I I want to see if Brees Hall can can break a thousand yards this year. If he becomes a, a thousand yard rusher, given how few thousand yard rushers that we've had in the in recent memory, because we've had very few thousand yard rushers in in the last few years. I think there was only six last year. Um, that that would be kind of a, a huge deal for him. Uh, number nine goes to Kenyon Drake. Uh, Kenyon Drake comes in in relief for J.K. Dobbins. He has 10 carries, 119 yards. He has a touchdown. He had an 11.9 average on the day. Dobbins is out right now. We know he's out. We'll be talking about that shortly. Kenyon Drake is going to be the number one guy over in Baltimore. Kenyon Drake comes out with 10 carries, 119 yards, and a touchdown. Do you think Kenyon Drake can steal the job from J.K. Dobbins? Dobbins has had a lot of trouble with injuries, a lot of trouble staying unhealthy, staying on the field, ACL tears, now he's hurt again. Kenyon Drake, do you think he's the guy? I thought he was going to be the guy with the Raiders, but here we are. So, Well, you if, if you take a look at their schedule again, you know, he definitely has an opportunity. Um, he's got a Browns defense that is inept, or at least was proven inept last week. Uh, I mean, you got the Bucks and the Saints and the Panthers, but I really think that he has an opportunity to really wow uh, J- John Harbaugh and go, hey, wait a minute, this kid might be the next real deal. Yep, I, I think they're they are looking for their their running back, you know, room to kind of step up. They were relying on J.K. Dobbins. To, they were relying on him to show up this year and and be the guy. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he hasn't. He's because. Because he's always hurt. I mean, we always talk about the number one thing to being a great player in the NFL is availability. That's thing yep. number one, availability and reliability. And, and J.K. Dobbins has been neither. Um, so Kenyon Drake, he gets 10 carries. He winds up as number nine on this list. I want to see what he does in the next few weeks with uh, 
J.K. Dobbins out. He's got he's going to be out, I believe, for two to four weeks. We'll be talking about him shortly. Uh, next up, number eight goes to Alex Singleton, the linebacker for Denver. We've been talking about that Denver defense, and we've been mm-hmm. talking up a huge part of that is Alex Singleton. The guy had 21 combined tackles in that game this past week. Just yeah. an incredible performance from him. Uh, I really just, you know, he's kind of a no-name linebacker, but 21 tackles? Shit. And, and and seven years in the league, he's maintained a PFF grade of 87.2 overall, 83.1 rush, uh, run defense, 72.9 pass, pass defense, 81.5 in coverage. Stellar numbers for a guy that's been very steady uh, in this league. Now, granted, he's had seven years to build those numbers, but still, I mean, that has, and he's the number two linebacker in PFF right now. Yeah, well, a quietly good day. For him uh, or a good night for him he, he's just you know not enough people talking about Alex Singleton uh so I the 21 combined tackles he had himself a hell of a game really tore it up gotta gotta say he's he's been nothing short of impressive uh number seven goes to Patrick Peterson let me just point out Patrick Peterson this past week he had two huge pass breakups he had the game winning yep. interception he had a 90.2 coverage grade <laughs> I mean <laughs> Patrick Peterson looked like Arizona Cardinals Patrick Peterson. I nice. mean, he looked so good this past week. Shut down Jalen Waddle. Mm-hmm. Gotta say, Patrick Peterson has been impressive. Situational football. Again, that thing I was talking about earlier. If you get the game-winning pick, that's pretty, that's pretty damn impressive. Yep. You know, and it's situations like that where you need that late in the season or deep in the playoffs. You need that situational football. And, and the fact Yep, Pat, Patrick Peterson is a huge addition to your defense. He he was, you know, kind of middle of the road last year. Uh, some people would say below average. So far this year, Patrick Peterson is having a really good season. I, I can't get over how good of a season he's having, especially in it, it, Ed Donatel's defense is not. Um, yeah, it's not very good. I mean, you, you've well, been very critical of it. I'm very critical of it. But Patrick Peterson in Ed Donatel's defense is actually performing extremely well in this shell shell coverage defense. A lot of people, he's quietly performing well. People have been critical of Patrick Peterson saying he's older and he's lost a step. I mean, outside of one big pass where everybody kind of, you know, shit their pants in week one where, where Aaron Rodgers missed Christian Watkins, you know, it was, and really he didn't miss him. It was just in and out of his hands. Watkins, uh, you know, he had, he had Peterson beat, but, um, you know, Patrick Peterson has been good, and he was very good this last week against the Dolphins. He deserves all the credit in the world. He was awesome. So Patrick Peterson winds up as number seven. Uh, number six goes to Zadarius Smith. Uh, wow, what a game for him. 11 pressures, two sacks. He had a 90.7 pass rush grade and a 92 overall defensive grade, according to Pro Football Focus. Zadarius Smith, uh, you know, we we wanted him to be in addition to this Vikings defense, and we thought that he would be an addition that that was going to turn that defense around. He's been huge for the Vikings, especially with this this Ed Donatel three four scheme. Uh, that's the scheme that Zadarius is used to playing in. Uh, we we've seen Daniel Hunter struggle, but we have not seen Zadarius Smith struggle. Uh, Daniel Hunter needs to be more of a hand in the dirt kind of blitzing defensive end as opposed to a stand-up edge rusher 
We know that. He's more of a 4-3 kind of guy. That's what he's been, you know, accustomed to. But I digress. Mm-hmm. With Zedarius Smith, this is a scheme fit all day. And Absolutely. with Zedarius Smith, he's come in and, and been extremely effective. 11 pressures. 11. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. gigantic. 11 pressures, two sacks. Got to get against against that against the stingy Dolphins offense, you know, and get and getting you know the backup quarterback there to, you know, ju- you know, get out of the way and stuff. You know, if Tua was there and we had eleven rushes, this would be a much more significant performance. Yeah, yeah, and and he he winds up, um, you know, pressuring Teddy Bridgewater and company. Zaria Smith looked looked fantastic, so good on him. He winds up as number six on the list. Number five in that same game, Tyreek Hill. Yep. Of receptions, 177 yards. Now, Tyreek Hill was covered by other players <laughs> that not, not named Patrick Peterson. Tyreek Hill um, had himself a hell of a game, uh, and, and you got to give it up to Tyreek. He's getting it done. That Donatel defense likes to give up anything underneath, and for a guy like Tyreek Hill that likes to 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 run, and and he's uh, you know when he gets the ball in his hand, he's so speedy. That's kind yeah. of what see here Tyreek Hill getting those those 12 receptions running with it getting a lot of rack and and Tyreek Hill winds up as number five on this list I think that Jalen Waddle is going to be more of a factor um yep. come this week now that two is back yep but it's easy to say that Jalen Waddle surprisingly is the number one receiver with Tyreek Hill being a very close second yeah I think it's like 1a 1b you know yep. that's kind of uh, yeah I think that's fair yeah it's kind of what, what we're seeing. Uh, number four goes to Steph Diggs. Stephon yep. Diggs, 10 receptions, 148 yards. You know, and and you know what? He gets the touchdown. That's what kind of put him over Tyreek Hill as he got in the end zone, got the seven point or the six points rather. Um, Steph Diggs winds up as number four. I think this makes total sense. He's the number one receiver for Josh Allen, and he has by been far. on number one fantasy football receiver, by the way. He's he's yep. the number one scoring fantasy football guy, too. So Stefan Diggs has proven his worth in that Buffalo Bills offense. They're going to have to pay the man a hefty sum. Um, oh, Especially yeah. if he gets a ring. Oh, yeah. That the, that the Bills have missed four years in a row. Yeah. You know, if he's the one that pushes them over the hump, then pay the man. Yep, pay the man. I agree. Uh, number three goes to his Josh buddy. Allen. 27 for 40, 329, three touchdowns. He's the man right now. Yeah, I agree. I think Josh Allen is... You know, in my opinion, I think, you know, he's the no, I think I would probably say I know in fantasy he's the number one scoring uh, quarterback, but I would probably say he's the number two quarterback in football behind Patrick Mahomes. Um, yep. I, I, I think it's kind of they're they're jousting. That. Yeah, it's a neck and neck race. And, you know, Josh Allen is showing that he can be better than Patrick, but Patrick does Patrick things. Very, very exciting time to be an NFL fan. If you if you if you want to look at two quarterbacks that are defining this generation of football, these two dudes are it. And Lamar Jackson is a very close third, but it's it's the it's the Mahomes Allen show. Absolutely, and I think Justin Herbert is going to wind up getting there eventually. I really still believe mm-hmm. that. Yep, he's play. number four. Yep. Uh, number two goes to Jamar Chase, a huge game for him. Seven receptions, 132 yards, two touchdowns. This is the type of, of stuff we expected out of Jamar Chase. Uh, you know, these are the types of, of, um, you know, games that we've, we've been wanting out to see out of him. He's been kind of stagnant early on here and then boom, here he goes. That's the Jamar Chase I saw last year. 
this is the Jamar Chase I want to see. You know, kind of, kind of that whole striking the match under the Bengals' ass and seeing if they could start making that playoff push again. Right. Uh, Chase has been has been something special for them over the course of the last two seasons and or over the last season here and now this season. But um, this year he's got to He's got to turn it on if he wants to be that same guy that we saw uh, mm-hmm. blow the league up last year. You know, so yep. we're going to see that. And we talked about this guy. Number one, Matt Ryan going worst to first. What? Yeah, worst <laughs> to first. We we we've seen this before I, I i think very you know during that Jameis winston buccaneers run but matt ryan 42 for 58 389 three touchdowns on the day he had a great performance against the jags um uh, you know this yeah. is the matt ryan i wanted to see this is the matt ryan we thought we were going to see with the colts he him and michael <laughs> Pittman have a great rapport this is the matt ryan i wanted to see this year do you think we might have asked this question earlier, but do you think Michael Pittman was a big reason for that? I do think Michael Pittman's a reason for that. I, I think that Matt Ryan, um, you know, last year didn't exactly have the weapons because Calvin Ridley decided he was going to go out. But I also think that Matt Ryan wasn't a fit for Arthur Smith's offensive system. Arthur Smith loves that power run. Mm-hmm. Arthur Smith is a former offense is well, it, yeah, he was a former offensive line coach for for the Titans. I think Arthur Smith is kind of a bum of a coach, to be honest with you. If I if, mm-hmm. if I'm being straightforward about it, I don't think he's a very good head coach, um, and I don't think that that uh, Matt Ryan fit his scheme because it is power run, and it's mm-hmm. and and Matt Ryan is a great passer, and yep. and he's used he to got to he like, got to a Super Bowl. Yeah, and look at Matt Ryan's situation. I mean, he he had Roddy White, and he had Julio, Julio Jones. And he had Calvin Ridley and he had all these guys over the years and Tony Gonzalez. He had Tony Gonzalez. He had, he had all these great weapons at his disposal. And, and I don't forget he had Michael Turner for a while. I mean, like he, he had guys there that could, that could jam. Yeah. That could jam. And And, uh, and now, and now you have a Michael Pittman and who else, you know, maybe somebody else in the Colts wide receiver core could stand up. And, and you've got all these guys that like, you know, these offensive weapons, Naheem Hines is a great uh, change of pace back. He hasn't been out there in the last couple of weeks due to injury. I think he had a concussion issue, but you, you have Hines and you have Jonathan Taylor and you have Michael Pittman. You, these are all really decent weapons. If they let Matt Ryan throw the football a little more, I think the Colts could be really successful. Um, Matt Ryan's been sort of had, he sort of had the reins put on him a little bit uh, in these first you know, six weeks, this was kind of a, a turnaround thing for Matt Ryan. So I want to see if he can continue that trend, but to see this type of performance has got to be encouraging for the Colts. They've got yeah. to be excited about uh, uh, having him uh, leading their football team. So yep, number one, goes yep, to- and, and then, and then that schedule, you know, will get them probably in contention with the Tennessee Titans, essentially because I believe the Tennessee Titans are this close to free falling. So we could have the Indianapolis Colts steal this division. Yeah, the Titans are sort of close to free falling. They have no receivers. That's just <laughs> they have no. Receivers. And they have a non-elite quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Man, yeah, I love it. Got, got a jam. Oh. <laughs> we we have that. Now we're going to jump into the forgetful five. The oh boy, here we go. <laughs> um, let's talk about number five: the Browns' defense. Uh. 400 plus yards and five touchdowns to Bailey Zappi and company. 
gross. <laughs> it's, it's gross. I, I just had to give them like the 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 whole thing. The whole yeah. bad, whole defense is bad. Oof. So is number five. Number four goes to PJ Walker. Ten for sixteen for sixty yards. Gross. Um, PJ Walker did not have himself a good performance. Mm-hmm. It, it it was to be expected, but it it was pretty bad. Um, he winds up, he winds up getting hurt and coming out of the game. Uh, Jacob Eason comes in. He's equally as bad. But PJ Walker winds up as number four. Number three, Jacoby Brissett, uh, yeah. twenty for forty five. 266 yards, one touchdown, two picks on the day. Just a bad performance from Brissett. Yeah. Uh, you know, under 50% completion percentage did not well. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. That's, that's like, that's not good. No, not at all. Uh, number two, Carson Wentz, 12 for 22 for 99 yards. That's the best you can muster is 99 yards. Yeah, well, th- don't forget, you know, I, I don't. Didn't he also go down to injury, and, and I think there was a bit of a snoozer. Well, uh, in the Thursday up, night game too, up hurting his hand. But mm-hmm. even before then, I mean, before hurting his hand and whatnot, I mean, Carson Wentz was not performing well. I get that the Bears' defense is the Bears' defense, and and they haven't been that bad. But for Christ's sake, come on, <laughs> what are we doing? What the, what are we doing here? Yeah, what the fuck are we doing here? I don't, I don't know. But number one, we talked about him earlier. Let's talk about him again. Cooper Rush, 18 for 38, 181 yards. He had a touchdown, but he had three interceptions on the day against the Eagles. He had a rough day at the office. We know Cooper Rush, you know, we we talked about him earlier. Eh. Eh, He's exposed. Yeah. It was a flash in the pan. He did not win those first few games. The The Cowboys offense and defense did that for him. Yeah, yeah. Because- uh, so the Cowboys fans have to be ecstatic about the fact that Dak's returning, and he's returning against one of the worst defenses in not only in the league but in history. Yeah, that's that's gotta feel really, really good. So, last but not least, we got our rookie rankings. We kind of jumped through these um, last week, and and we have some surprises on this list. I'm kind of excited about it, about the guys that have jumped onto the top 10. Some guys have jumped right through that outside looking in category into the top 10 rookie rankings. Outside looking in, let's talk about these guys real quick. A guy mm-hmm. that free fell this week, absolutely plummeted. Devin Lloyd comes off the top 10. He was at number four last week. He's now on the outside looking in the very bottom of the outside looking in. He had such a bad game this last week. He winds up there. Uh, Boye Mafe, the edge rusher from Seattle, he's been in this category for a while. He's been having himself a good year, but he hasn't made it into that top 10 yet. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, the guy you were talking about, he and we, we chatted about him earlier. Yep. Thibodeau, the defensive end from the Giants. You know, I like Kayvon Thibodeau. He's on the outside looking in. He's going to need some, you know, to start, Picking it up a little bit. He had a really rough game. Situational football, be damned. He did get the game winner, but man, tough day for him uh, this last week. Uh, Guy from Detroit that I know you like a lot. I like him Mm -hmm. too. Malcolm Rodriguez, the linebacker. He winds up on the outside looking in. He comes off the top 10, which is kind of a surprising thing. But I I would I would probably blame that on the fact that they had a goose egg against the Patriots last week. Yeah, yeah, just a tough day at the office there. And number one goes to Jermaine Johnson, the edge rusher out of the for the Jets. I like Jermaine Johnson a lot. Mm-hmm. Beaten run defense. He has a decent PFF grade, by the way. But 
when it comes to Jermaine Johnson, he is, his pass rushing hasn't been all there, and that's been the, the trouble for him. Uh, so Jermaine Johnson winds up as, you know, kind of our number 11, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, in this situation. Now, moving into the top 10 rookie rankings, first of all, let's talk about Martin Emerson, the corner out of Cleveland. Uh, 74.9 PFF grade, 77.6 coverage grade. He's been the Browns' best corner this season. He's consistently good in coverage, consistently good in tackling. But one thing I want to make mention of is the fact that, you know, he was the number one. He's been the best corner that they've had this season, and that's saying something because Denzel Ward is their number one corner. Ward's been a stud for the, the Browns. Martin Emerson, out of nowhere, is becoming just this amazing corner as a rookie. I don't know what in the hell's going on. Um, It's only a good thing for the Browns. I mean, they really got to have an opportunity to turn this thing around a little bit. I mean, it's not, it's not, you know, do or die any, anywhere. It's they're sitting at two and four, you know, it's not, their season isn't quite over, but I mean, let's hope Deshaun Watson turns things up. But if if we're going to talk about defense, especially even if this defense gave up like 400 yards, this past week, you know, let's, let's see if Martin Emerson can keep, keep up with the positive trends. Yeah. As far as, uh, as coverage grades go and whatnot, Martin Emerson has been really good. He's been kind of the lone bright spot really for the Browns this last week. And, and really for the last several weeks, I, I really like what he's doing. Great PFF grades. He's, he's been a great coverage corner this year. So I think that's saying something. Uh, number nine comes to a guy that's been kind of neck and neck with him, Tariq Woolen, the corner out of Seattle, 71.7 PFF grade. He's got a 72.4 coverage grade. He's tied for the NFL lead in interception. He's had four interceptions in four straight games. Very impressive. He's locking down wide receivers in man coverage like it's nothing for Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, you know, Pete Carroll's always had good corners on that team and, and, this guy is going to be no different. He's having himself a hell of a year. I love what he's doing over there in Seattle. So Tariq Woolen winds up as number nine in the uh, the rookie rankings here. Mm-hmm. Number eight has Tyler soaking his jockeys over here. Yeah. Kyle Hamilton, he falls a little bit, but he's still in the top ten. Um, the mm-hmm. only reason that he's above Woolen and Emerson is because of the fact that he was he dropped technically four spots this week. Uh, 70.4 PFF grades, 69.9 in coverage. He's a big hitter. His tackling grades are through the roof. Uh, Kyle Hamilton, I'm still sad that he fell to the Vikings and we didn't get him. He's a great safety, and he's going to be a great safety in this league for the long haul. Just a big, nasty hitter. The guy is like Troy Palomalu. I yeah. mean, that's kind of where we're headed here. Side- when, when, you, when, you're, when you're comparing him to uh, you know the, the safety that Troy Palomalu was, and the, and the threat he was on the Pittsburgh Steelers, that's saying something. Absolutely. Big hitter. He plays like a linebacker. I mean, like, that's, that's kind of what we're looking at. The guy is, is a great safety. I love everything about him. I wanted him in the draft. I'm pissed that we didn't get him. It's just bullshit. And the results speak for themselves. Absolutely. Because Lewis Seen is on IR. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you got him in the first round after trading him for 32. What? Big, huh? What I'm are we doing? <laughs> Number seven goes to a guy that we didn't even mention on this list. Mm-hmm. But he he got the start three weeks ago. He's taken the starting role with the Houston Texans. Hasn't given it back. Damian Pierce. Mm-hmm. Um, 
75.1 PFF grade, 78.4 rushing grade. He's got 86 carries, 413 yards, three touchdowns in three weeks of starting. Mm. Let's talk about that. Yes. Starting. He's technically speaking the number 14 rusher right now Mm. in just three weeks of starting. Three weeks. Mm-hmm. Yes, like so three games he shoots up to number seven on the rookie rankings yep and he's all of a sudden uh a major part of that texans offense now granted he's... you know the texans organization in and of itself is still kind of a dumpster fire they're one of the worst teams in the league yep. uh but it, you know seeing the seeing these numbers and seeing this uh you know this is this a flash in the pan or could this help turn the Titans, the Texans season around? Damian Pierce is the exact type of running back that Lovey Smith loves. Mm-hmm. Lovey Smith is, is just infatuated with big, nasty, hard hitting running backs. Damian Pierce is it. Um, I, I think he's going to be a, a long time stud for them. You know, you, we, we always talk about the shelf life of running backs being about eight, eight years, 10, if they're lucky. Um, I think this guy's going to hit that level. Um, I think he's going to be like a less injury prone Arian Foster. That's kind of where I, I think he's headed. Uh, I like Damian Pierce a lot. So for him to be on these rookie rankings is huge. And, and he has climbed. Uh, number six is a guy that was on the outside looking in. Now he's on our top 10. Jack Jones, the corner out of New England, 90.5 PFF grade, 91.7 in coverage. He's only allowed two catches for 27 yards versus the Browns. He shut down Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. Um, Huge, huge game for him. He he climbs big time in his rookie rankings. He goes from outside looking in to number six on the list. It's huge, and he's going to start giving these top five guys a run for their money. I like we said earlier. I think New England's kind of hit the quarterback or the corner cornerback lottery um, in these yeah. si- in this situation. For sure. Uh, number five goes to a guy that I know that we all love, but he hasn't performed in the last couple of weeks, which is why he's dropped a little bit. Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver out of the Jets. He's got a 75.1 PFF grade, 75.3 receiving grade. He has 24 receptions for 290 yards, two touchdowns. He's dropped because he's not putting up the numbers since he had the big game a couple of weeks ago where he blew up. Zach Wilson comes in. Garrett Wilson not getting so much love. Right, because I think they they switched over to a different player. Yeah, I I think I think Garrett Garrett Wilson is the best receiver that they have on this roster, and they're not getting him the touches that he needs to get. Mm-hmm. Garrett Wilson needs to start getting, uh, you know, and I think it's he's kind of a victim of bad quarterback play. Zach Wilson mm-hmm. is not the quarterback of the future for that team, um, in my opinion. I think he's kind of a joke, but I digress. Sauce or um, Garrett Wilson rather is you know, going to be number five here, but he's going to start plummeting down this list if he doesn't get more touches. Right. Number four, a guy we talked about earlier, uh, Ahmad Sauce Gardner. He's um, from the Jets. Yeah, we love Sauce, man. Uh, Ahmad Mm -hmm. Sauce Gardner, 73.2 PFF grade, 75 coverage grade. He leads the NFL with seven pass breakups. He only allowed one catch for eight yards on six targets versus Green Bay this last week. He's been on this list since week one. He continues to be on this list, and and he's kind of fluctuated his spot every now and then. But Ahmad Sauce Gardner is going to continue being on this list, I, in, barring a, a, an injury here. Dare uh, we say he is the Jets' shutdown corner? Oh, yeah. 
shutdown corner, no doubt. I, he's one of the best corners in football right now, and he's yep. proved to everybody. You know, a lot of folks said Derek Stingley was the guy. And Stingley went number three overall, and Stingley has not been the guy. Nope. And so here we are with Sauce Gardner showing everybody and reminding everybody that he is the best corner in the NFL right or uh, in, out of this rookie class right now. He's one of the best corners in the NFL, and people need to to pay attention to what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, I like Sauce Gardner a lot. Number three goes to a guy who's actually his grades dropped a little bit, but he's kind of staying put. Jordan Davis, the defensive lineman out of Philly, he dropped just slightly. Um, the, big, the big boy, Jordan Davis. Yeah, he's a big monster. He's got a 77.7 PFF grade, 75.5 in run defense, 65.9 in the pass rush. Um, that that pass rush needs to get moved. Mm-hmm. That's just what it is when it comes to him. I understand he's a big defensive lineman. He's generally used in defensive tackle packages. But, you know, he's got to get the pass rush moving. If he does get that pass rush moving, then we could see him start climbing. But that pass rush grade has sort of plummeted in the last couple mm-hmm. of weeks. So I want to see what he can do. Do you think it's possibly because they just played the Dallas Cowboys, which is arguably their fiercest rival? Um, and do you think you might we, we might see that pass rush grade go up with these next few games? We could. We could. And I think Jordan Davis is fully capable. He's such a big guy. That's the thing. He's so huge. And the fact that he has the speed that he has at the size that he is is yeah. terrifying. It's frightening. And, yeah. another, and and kind of a toss-up question, too. What do you think is attributing – to the Philadelphia Eagles undefeated streak so far, the offense or the defense? I think it's all of it. I think Jalen Hurts is a special player. He's turned yes. into a special player. I think they've got two great receivers. I think Miles Sanders is quietly a good running back for them. And yep. he has these games where he just blows the fuck up every now and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that defense, Darius Slay has been just shut down for them. I don't Big understand. play Slay. Play Slay. Yeah, he's, he's shown up. He's been a shutdown corner for them. That's been, very surprising the way that he has handled himself. Uh, this is probably the best Darius Slay has played in years. Um, mm-hmm. He's had some questionable play over the last several years, but yet another re- yet another player that proves that if he comes out of the Detroit Lions, goes to another team, he may very well play very well. <laughs> yeah, we, we've seen it countless times. So, but Jordan Davis winds up as number three. Number yep. two goes to Drake London. He comes out of that number one spot. London just hasn't been performing the last couple of weeks. Uh, 82.5 PFF grade, 85.3 receiving grade. He has 25 receptions for 306 yards, two touchdowns. He got off to that torrid fast start. Then Arthur Smith said, ah, we're going to run the football a little bit. And mm. I think, and, and if you see Mariota, he only had 14 attempts uh, this last game. I want to see if they're going to allow Mariota to get more attempts here. I want to see if they're going to allow Drake London to do the things that Drake London's capable of because he showed early on in the season that he's capable of being the number one receiver with the Atlanta Falcons. It's just, you know, I don't want him to be a victim of quarterback play. And I think that's kind of where we're headed. He's a victim of quarterback play and he's a victim of a situation with uh, uh, Arthur Smith not knowing how to properly utilize a number one receiver. And, and you guys are sitting number two in the division. You have an opportunity to to sneak past the goat, or or at least sneak into the playoffs. I mean, the goat's probably going to take going to take the title, you know, easily. But yeah. the the Atlanta Falcons could possibly sneak in as a playoff team if they get their shit together. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Drake London's got to get moving. They got to get him going uh, for this team. 
And number one goes to Chris Olave, the wide receiver out of New Orleans. He has skyrocketed up our list over the course of the last couple of weeks. 79.6 PFF grade, 81.5 receiving grade. You know, his grades aren't as high as London's, but his volume is much bigger. 32 receptions, 495 yards, two touchdowns. He's on pace to be a thousand yard receiver this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, when we when we saw him in the uh, uh, the combine, Chris Olave looked fantastic. He actually looked better than Garrett Wilson did, and Drake London he looked better than Drake London. I would argue probably Chris Olave looked like the best receiver coming out of the combine. And do you think that these statistics and this push to number one is the fact that uh, New Orleans has less weapons at wide receiver than other teams? Absolutely, but he's had to take on the role of a number one receiver that right. I don't think anybody expected him to have to take on. And he's done it very admirably. He's, he's handled it just incredibly well Mm -hmm. Uh, being a number one guy over there. He's put up, I mean, from a fantasy perspective, just as a fantasy football guy, he's putting up double digit points every week. Mm -hmm. And here we are, Chris Olave putting up, I mean, great numbers. He's already got 500 yards on a damn near 500 yards. He's five yards away from 500 and we're six weeks into the year. I mean, that this is, this should be like kind of registering to people that that Chris Olave, and and that's not counting, by the way, his his uh, Thursday night. Well, actually, it is counting his Thursday night. But still, I mean, so he's six weeks into the year, technically speaking, and he's looking at four hundred ninety five yards. I mean, that's that's huge. We still have eleven more games to go, folks. Yes, a fifteen hundred yard receiver for all we know. We just we don't know. Yep. So, but Chris Olave right now. Uh, sitting atop the rookie rankings at number one, and I think it's well-deserved. And uh, that is our rookie rankings for the week. Now, news around the league here. Yep. Let's talk about the elephant in the room here, Alex. We got to talk about it. Yep. It's the big news all around the league. The 49ers, they go out and trade a 2023 second, third, and fourth round selection, as well as a 2024 fifth round selection to the Panthers for running back Christian McCaffrey. Um, the 49ers say that they expect Cat McCaffrey to suit up this week, um, and, and he he's expected to play. Mm-hmm. They, what what capacity he's going to play in, they, they could use him in some goal line packages. We could see that. But, you know, the, the Niners, they give up quite a bit. I mean, they, they don't have draft picks for forever yep. um, at this point. <laughs> yep. You, I think this is an all-out move, or an all-in move, rather. Yeah. I, it's, I, su- it's Super Bowl or bust for the Niners at this point. Yeah. And, and they already have a top-tier offensive uh, offensive lineup. They've got a top-tier defensive lineup. You're just adding to the fire. Uh, I think the big thing is, can CMC stay healthy? And that's the big thing for me, is, is the health of Christian McCaffrey. He's played 10 games in the last two years. So, I mean, let, think about that. He's, he's played 10 out of 32 games. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's something to, to talk about. Um, he has not been on the field. He's, he's been, he's got a history of ACL tears. He's got a history of knee injuries. He's got a history of shoulder injuries. He's got a history of concussions. We, we have several injuries to Christian McCaffrey. I want to see if he can stay healthy. I want to see what his workload is going to be with the 49ers. I want to see what they're going to do as far as, uh, you know, and, and I think him and Debo Samuel are both kind of those those gadget players that they can use in a lot of different looks. I do agree with you. This is Super Bowl or bust for them because the 49ers aren't going to have draft picks for forever. And if Christian McCaffrey can't stay healthy, they got to be able to, you know, pull it together. Jeff Wilson, I, I, 
The thing that gets me about this the most is Christian McCaffrey per rush has 4.6 yards per rush. Jeff Wilson is 4.9 yards per rush. Jeff Wilson is, technically speaking, the better and more effective rusher. I want to see what CMC does behind this Niners offensive line and in the zone run scheme. I think he's a better fit here than he was under the Matt Rule system or under the system with the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. Panthers are definitely in rebuild mode now. Yep. Um, and, and I do. I have another angle I want to shoot uh, for that Panthers uh, situation. Um, according to, uh, you know, this, according to this article that I'm seeing here, yes, they got four draft picks for Christian McCaffrey. They got two other picks for Robbie Anderson, trading him to the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing that kind of made me scratch my head. Just this morning, I found out that they rejected quite possibly the most lucrative offer they've received over the past week for pass rushing standout, Brian Burns. Now, when you talk about Brian Burns, you know, he has some decent PFF grades, he has 357 defensive snaps. He's a 74.8 overall, 6 for 64.5 rush defense for 146 snaps. Eh. 68.2 pass rush, which they say he's a standout, but 68.2 with 133 173 snaps. Eh. And then you know, he's been in the league for 3 years. He has an 84 coverage grade, but he only had a 38 coverage snaps. I think Brian Burns is a really great uh, linebacker. Here's the thing about Brian Burns, and, and you know, if you're looking to build your football team and build the future of your football team, are you going to trade away a 24-year-old linebacker? Probably, you know, probably not. Do you and, think he's worth two first-rounders? And I'd want to know who offered those first-rounders. Yeah, um, I want to know who offered them. That's the thing, number one. But I think if you're going to build your football team and you're going to build that defense, I think you need to build it around a guy like Brian Burns. I think he is a special player. I think Brian Burns is the kind of guy that that sort of is is a victim of circumstance. He's a victim of of a bad situation over there with Carolina. They wind up um, they they haven't really built that defense well, uh, and and they they went all in on on offense. If you noticed for a while there, they had three great starting receivers over there, and and they've since let one go to the Jets. They let one go to the Cardinals. And now they're just sitting there with DJ Moore, who they have no idea what the hell to do with. And DJ Moore is a great receiver, and they're just wasting him. They're they're wasting this young guy. So they got to find their quarterback in the future. I think they're fully in tank mode. I, I really do. This is this is a tank situation. And and uh, the Cardinal or the uh, Carolina Panthers are are going to be going into the draft with a high draft pick, and they're going to be looking for a guy like CJ Stroud. It wouldn't surprise me at all if you saw the Carolina Panthers and pick one or two it wouldn't surprise me one little bit so there's that uh next up the we we got other little news speaking of um uh of teams basically kind of trading away uh pieces here well we're, let's well, first of all let's let's talk about cam Akers because the Rams are, are getting ready they're getting ready to trade away cam Akers. Cam Akers is unhappy with Sean McVay. Sean McVay says the the trade will most likely happen to get Cam Akers out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like Cam Akers is is a great running back. I feel like he's going to be a number one running back wherever he goes. I feel like they're they're screwing the pooch here in mm-hmm. in L.A. by letting him walk and not utilizing him to his full potential. <laughs> I think Sean McVay is looking to just like. 
it's like he's almost trying to like flex on the guy a little bit. Like, oh, well, you know, at the beginning of the season, he said he wasn't pass blocking well enough for his liking. Uh, you know what? I don't give yeah. two shits if the guy is putting up 200 yards a game because he was for a minute there. You just need to put him in. Yeah. He's your starting running back. He's better than Daryl Henderson. Let's quit fucking around with Daryl Henderson. Put in Cam Akers because he's the best running back on that team. Yeah, and and if he's gonna if he's gonna walk, then it's like okay, feeding frenzy. Right. He's gonna snap him up. Right, and somebody's gonna snatch him up, and it's not gonna cost a whole lot because you know what, Cam Akers. I mean, he's a great running back, but he does have an injury history. I I think they're gonna get a, like a third rounder for him. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's where I think it's gonna go. It's, I don't. Wow. I think great. That, which which is which would be a steal. Yeah. I mean, hello. It's a great running back on a on his third year. Uh, I'd take Cam Akers all day in that situation. I, I would. I, I would trade for him in a heartbeat if I was any of these teams that need that are running back needy here. And you got the trade deadline kind of looming. You know, make the move, make the trade. Yeah. You know, yeah, pull the trigger. Yeah, that's it. So uh, also, when in Cardinal land, so let's talk about the Cardinals real quick. Uh, the wide receiver Marquise Brown, he suffers a foot fracture. He's expected to miss six weeks. So Hollywood's going to be gone. He's placed on IR. So he's set to miss six weeks. In order to cover for that, let's, first of all, DeAndre Hopkins comes back this last week, Thursday night football. We saw DeAndre Hopkins look like DeAndre Hopkins. They need a number two receiver. They go out and trade for one. Robbie Anderson, Cardinals acquire him from the Panthers um, for relatively cheap. Uh, and, And I think this was a smart play on their end. I think Robbie Anderson's a good receiver that has gotten a bad that was in a bad situation in Carolina. That's kind of where we're at here. Good receiver, bad situation, bad quarterback play. You know, think about the last couple of years of quarterbacks in Carolina. We're talking about Sam Darnold, and we're talking about Baker Mayfield throwing the ball to Robbie Anderson. Of course he's not going to be happy. Shit, I wouldn't be happy. I would want to leave. He goes to Arizona. It's a much better situation, and and hopefully the Cardinals kind of see his worth, and they sign him to a long-term deal. I think Robbie Anderson's a good receiver. And I think yeah. he's, he's, and you know, that might be a good weapon for the Cardinals too. You know, yeah. this could be, this could be an opportunity for them to start making some moves. Yeah, I agree. I, I think this, this was a, a huge situation for them, a huge plus for them. Uh, you know, kind of just proves to you what kind of a dumpster fire uh, Carolina is starting to turn into. Yeah. Yeah. They're just, they're their, self- head co- their head coach gets kicked to the curb after week five. Baker Mayfield shits the bed. You trade, you trade away CMC, you trade away Robbie Anderson. It's a fire sale down there. Yeah, it's it's rebuild time for the Carolina Panthers. It, it really is. So, um, yeah, that's that's basically where they're headed. Just full on fucking rebuild. Um, so that'll be a fun situation over there. Uh, now we also had uh, so the Browns a few weeks ago they traded away or they traded for Deion Jones from the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Deion Jones was on IR when they traded him. He's been since activated from IR, and he's set to make his debut with the Browns versus the Ravens. Um, he was acquired, you know, from the Falcons on October 9th. So the Browns have linebacker, basically all pro linebacker Deion Jones getting ready to fire up against the Baltimore Ravens. How excited do you think the Browns are to have Deion Jones on the field? Well, especially if if their defense last week, you know, gave up all those yards and and five touchdowns to yep. a third for the third string quarterback we never expected to play, uh, this is definitely an opportunity for uh, 
for Cleveland to wipe that stain off of their ass, so to speak. Yep. When and one guy that'll be trying to uh, restain it will be the Ravens signing Deshaun Jackson. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, the old man, he gets signed to a one-year deal with the Ravens. This guy is like, you know, he just won't go away. Uh, the mm-hmm. speedster, he's, he's great in special teams. Um, gotta love what he's been doing uh, throughout his career. And and now with the Ravens, he's probably going to be doing a special teams role, I'm willing to bet. He thinks he's got a lot left in the tank. We're going to find out. But he signs a one-year deal with the Ravens. He's in his late 30s at this point. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> do you think he's going to make an impact with the Ravens? Or do you think he's cooked and just trying to kind of hoping that that in the twilight of his career, he's going to wind up having a little bit of a resurgence? And just real quick, uh, which which player is this? Deshaun Jackson. Uh, and... We'll see. Uh, I mean, I really think that um, given the fact, well, if, if Lamar can get him the ball and he can stop screwing around with the running back position, which he's, he's a great runner, don't get me wrong. But if he starts playing more like an NFL quarterback and not an NFL running back, we yeah. could see something out of Deshaun. We could see something out of Deshaun Jackson. I mean, the name has value, but mm. you know, he's also, as you said, he's in his 30s. you you know, that performance is going to start coming down, you know, this is like late Late. thirties. So it's like, you know, this is like, this isn't Randall Cobb from like the mid 2010s. This is, this isn't Deshaun Jackson from the Eagles. This is somebody totally different, but we'll see. Yeah. We're, we're going to find out and, and see what, what he's capable of. I don't think it's going to be much, especially getting signed midway through the season, but he seems to think he's got a lot left in the tank. So we're going to find out. Um, also with the Ravens running back JK Dobbins, he's undergoing knee surgery. He's set to miss four to six weeks. Uh, we talked about, uh, Kenyon Drake earlier taking over mm-hmm. that starting role. Uh, you know, this is kind of a loss for the Ravens, but they basically been without JK Dobbins all year. The guy's been hurt. I mean, he's, he's got an injury history now that is becoming very extensive, becoming a major problem. Um, and, and I don't know that he's, I don't know that he's the real deal. I don't yeah. I don't know that he's going to be anything spectacular for the uh for for the uh, Yep, I'm more surprised about Kenyon Drake. And you know, this is a tremendous opportunity for him to really prove to the Ravens brass, "Hey, I'm here." You know, right. I'm better than this kid. I'm better than this other guy. You know, give me yeah. a chance, give me the football, and I'll get your results. Exactly. I want to see what Kenyon Drake is capable of. We're going to find out uh just what what he can do. He could steal this starting job. I really do feel that, and I feel like people have been sleeping on Kenyon Drake for a while. Um, I want to see what what he does in this situation. Um, you know, now that he's got the opportunity to have that starting role and and get everything's get everything rolling uh, for them. Next up, let's talk about the Packers a little bit. Uh, wide receiver Randall Cobb. You just mentioned him a little while ago. He suffers a sprained ankle. He's met set to miss two to four weeks. Uh, so that's kind of a loss, but. The Packers also activated wide receiver Sammy Watkins this week. Ooh, there we go. They lose one, they gain another. Watkins has a a long history of injuries. We've seen that in the past. Um, Now he's back on the field. He's hopefully going to be, you know, kind of firing up there for the Packers offense and helping out and, and filling in admirably, hopefully, for Randall Cobb, at least for Aaron Rodgers' sake. Um, Watkins is a good receiver. I, I think he's starting to hit that that big downturn, you know, that you always mm-hmm. talk about. 
but uh, I, I want to see how Aaron Rodgers is going to utilize him and, and see if he can effectively utilize him as possibly a number one or a number two receiver. It really depends on the role Alan Lazard plays and how well Alan Lazard plays um, in, the, in the coming games. So he's got a few weeks to, to solidify himself as sort of one of the guys for Aaron Rodgers, but he does get a weapon back after losing Randall Cobb to that, that ankle sprain. Mm-hmm. Um, more injuries around the league, though. Uh, let's talk about the Broncos. Quarterback Russell Wilson has been ruled out for Sunday's game versus the Jets due to a uh, hamstring injury. Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. Brett Ripien, the nephew yes. of Super Bowl-winning quarterback Mark Ripien, is set to start versus the Jets. I am the most excited. Uh, <laughs> you know, as a, a you know, I, so I was four years old when Mark Ripien won a Super Bowl. Okay, Mm -hmm. with with Washington Redskins at the time. Um, Now, I'm just like, I want Russ Russ has been cooking us crappy food all the all this week with the shitty primetime games. Let's see if this is a Bailey Zappi situation. Yeah, I would. I'd be totally stoked to see if if Brett Ripien can just tear it up. We're gonna find out. And and can can he really? Can he really earn the nickname Ripien New One? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I just. I'm excited. So we're going to see what he can do. But Russ Wilson is is out for the week with the, with that injury. Um, also in that game, the Jets wide receiver, this is, you know, kind of uh, uh, related. The Jets wide receiver, Elijah Moore, he's holding out of that game and refusing mm-hmm. to play in that game versus the Broncos amid issues involving his lack of usage. Um, he's asked mm-hmm. for a trade with the Jets. Uh, Jets head coach Robert Saleh says that Moore won't play, and he's been excused from any and all team meetings. He's just been relegated to doing workouts. The Jets, though, refuse to trade him. Hmm. Um, you know, on one end, I, I, I look, if a guy, I, I admire that Elijah Moore wants to be a contributor to his football team. There, You can't, you can't fault him for that. Hmm. Um, He's holding out. If the guy is going to be holding out, he doesn't want to play play football for that football team anymore. Then, and and he's you know he's going to be an asshole. Like on one end, I'm kind of with the owners where they're like, "Fuck him, I'm not trading him." But at the same time, I'm kind of like, "Hey, you know what? Get something. What, get get something. Get him a second or third rounder for him." Yeah. If, if you guys are still in rebuild mode for crying out loud. Yeah, if he's being an asshole and he's being a, a, a locker room cancer and, and he's unhappy, why make everybody unhappy? Yeah. You're unhappy with the fact that he's not on the field. He's unhappy about the fact that, that you know, you're, you're not utilizing him properly. It's just going to be a big pissing match. Trade the guy. Get something for him. I'm sure there's plenty of receivers that are going to come out in this year's draft that you can snag. There's going to be plenty of receivers that come out in free agency that you can snag. Uh, Elijah Moore doesn't want to be there because, and and you know what? You I got don't, Garrett Wilson sitting on the bench too. I mean, you know, that this could be an opportunity for him. Right. But I mean, think about it like this. The quarterback play has not been there. And, right. and you know, these with Zach Wilson and Zach Wilson isn't exactly, you know, lighting the world on fire here. Nope. Uh, trade him. Trade yeah. him. There's teams that need receivers. Trade him. You know, sure. so I, See what I you don't can get for him. Exactly. Um, one team that could use more weapons would be the Steelers, um, and they have quarterback Kenny Pickett. He suffered a concussion versus the Bucks in week six, but he has cleared concussion protocol. He's going to start versus the Dolphins on Sunday. Kenny Pickett, 
Kenny Pickett could use a weapon like an Elijah Moore. I could guarantee you that. But um, yeah, Kenny Pickett is uh, going to be starting um, this upcoming week. Good for him. I, I like Kenny Pickett. I think he's better than Mitch Trubisky. I think Mitch Trubisky mm-hmm. is an glorified backup at this point. Yep. I, I'm fired up for Kenny Pickett. I want to see what he can do. Get the man some weapons. Yes, absolutely. You know, it, it just needs to happen. Uh, elsewhere, uh, we'll talk about Melvin Gordon a little bit here. He's been, he was benched versus the Chargers on Monday Night Football. Surprising. Robert Nathaniel Hackett, who's an idiot, uh, says yeah. that Gordon has done, quote unquote, nothing wrong and will be the starter versus the Jets. Uh, well, if he's doing nothing wrong, why you bench him? Yeah, why'd you bench him? After three carries, mind you. It yeah. just, it doesn't make sense. Um, you can tell by the body language that Melvin Gordon wasn't happy. I want to smack that water bottle out of Russell Wilson's hand. Yeah, yeah. Melvin Gordon, I, I'm not going to sit here and say he's been a great running back in replacement for Javante Williams. Right. But I will say that Melvin Gordon deserved a much better shake and a much more fair shake than he got this past week. Three rushes for eight yards. I mean, you, know, you think that could be instrumental in their loss uh, right. last week? You, you could have given him the opportunity uh, and, and can continue to give him that opportunity. I don't understand what in the hell Nathaniel Hackett was thinking. I think he's a moron, and uh, that's kind of where we're at on that. I, I just I don't understand it. But Melvin Gordon is set to start this week, so we're going to see what he does um, against the Jets. We're going to find out. Um, speaking of the Chargers, corner J.C. Jackson was also benched due to poor play. The Chargers do plan to stick with him as a starter heading into Sunday's matchup versus Seattle. But this was kind of an interesting one. J.C. Jackson was a big pickup, a big free agent acquisition in the offseason, the former uh, Patriot. Uh, He gets in and he has a bad first half and he gets benched by the Chargers here. They say it was due to poor play. Mm. You know, I I, I, I am not – if I'm J.C. Jackson, I'm kind of upset because – you know, I, I was a former number one corner over there with, with uh, the Patriots, and I led the league in interceptions and so on and so forth, and now he's having a hard time in, in, in L.A. with the Chargers. I don't know. I yeah. I, I wouldn't it, say it's exactly like the Melvin Gordon situation, but, I mean, it makes you think, hey, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, it, it does raise a few eyebrows because they do have Arguably one of the most star-studded defenses in the NFL. I don't know why the Chargers' defense is struggling so bad. Their their defense is incredible this year, incredible. Mm-hmm. Like like as far as like from a personnel standpoint, I'm amazed that they're struggling. They should shut down the the Seahawks this week. I, I hope they do. Yeah, they hope, I hope so too. It's just been a bad goal. Honestly, and and I don't understand why that is, but the Chargers, man, woo, their their defense is in the twenties right now, and I don't know why. Oof, yeah, oof, and indeed. So, Twenty out of thirty six is not stellar. Yeah, J J C Jackson uh, needs to to figure it out. They need to figure it out for him, or or scheme him in a in a better situation uh, to to uh, be more effective in coverage. Um, next up, we got the. Washington Commanders quarter quarterback Carson Wentz, his hand injury lands him in on IR for four to six weeks. He has a little bit of a hand surgery deal going on. Taylor Heineke named the starter versus the Packers. We're going to see if Heineke can maintain that starting position for the next four to six weeks. Maybe mm-hmm. he can steal the job from Carson Wentz the way he did uh, 
couple of years ago when he stole the starting job. And doesn't, yeah. isn't, isn't this like a revolving door thing with Carson Wentz? Starts yeah. out playing really well, tore his ACL with the Eagles, and tore his ACL again with the Eagles, and 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 uh, Nick Foles, out of, of everybody, led them to a Super Bowl. And now here he is, and he went to Indianapolis, and he got in, and he got hurt in Indianapolis. Now he's getting hurt. Like It's been a running gag in the NFL for this oh, guy, yeah. and he's a decent quarterback. He's a decent quarterback. He's just got a lot of injuries, injury issues. He had a couple of bad weeks, and now he's got the, the hand injury, and he's going to be out. If Taylor Heineke plays well, do you think Taylor Heineke winds up stealing that starting role? Absolutely. Yeah, I think so, too. I think he has a real opportunity to steal that starting role, especially if the commanders start winning some football games. Yep. It'd be a different story if Wentz's injury history wasn't as profound. But yeah. it is, and here we are. It's very extensive. So, I mean, we, we have, we have a, a pretty strong history of, of injuries when it comes to him. So Carson Wentz out, Taylor Heineke is in. Speaking of injured quarterbacks, Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott is medically cleared to play. He's to start against the Lions on Sunday. Uh, as a Lions fan, are you shitting your pants? Um, I think I've shit him like five times over. Well, I shit my pants when they when they drew when they drew a blank against the New England Patriots. I yep. mean, I was saying same old Lions after that game. So yep. well, I mean, well, and it's uh, and it's not and it's not going to get any easier for MCDC and company, especially when, when arguably one of the elite quarterbacks in the league just came back from injury. Yep. And we, we've already talked about the Dolphins quarterback to a tongue of Aloha. He's cleared concussion protocol. He's going to be set to start versus the Steelers this week. We mentioned that earlier. So you've got those two quarterbacks set to come back. But one thing your lions did this week, uh, they went out and signed punter Jack Fox to a three-year extension worth $3.775 million per year. It makes highest a paid, high, He's the highest paid punter in the NFL right now. Yep. Uh, great punter. I kind of joke that he was making that Pat McAfee money, but I don't know how much money he was making with the Colts when he was playing. Yeah, I, I don't know. But yeah, what I do know is Jack Fox, he's a great punter. He's been doing mm-hmm. amazing, amazing stuff. Uh, for for the Lions there, I love the way that that uh, he's played, and and I think he's he's one of the best punters in the league. So uh, yeah, they they got you guys got yourselves a stud there mm-hmm. I, as a, a punter goes. Um, I'm not a huge fan of paying a punter that much money, but right. with the salary cap on the rise every year, uh, you can afford it at this point, especially with all these deals that the NFL is signing. You're going to see that salary cap skyrocket in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um. Next up over with the, uh, so in Tennessee, we've got a little bit of kind of, I guess, ownership news and retirement news all at the same time. First of all, we'll talk about three-time pro bowler Delaney Walker. He retires from the NFL after 14 seasons. He's a a big-time Titans tight end. Uh, He played with the Titans for a long time. Delaney Walker, he retires. He had a great career, um, and, and I'm amazed that nobody picked him up this year. The guy is a great pass catcher, and he had some solid times with uh, Tennessee. But one thing about the Tennessee Titans that came up here, uh, and, and hope uh, I wish Delaney Walker all the best in his retirement, but the Tennessee Titans and the city of Nashville have agreed to a new lease and a new $2.1 million domed stadium with the target to open being 2026. Uh, that's a huge, huge deal for the Tennessee Titans. I, I'm very excited for them. 
And I, I, I'm very excited for the city of Nashville. They're going to get that pretty new stadium out there, that big domed-in stadium. How fired mm-hmm. up do you think the Tennessee Titans fans are, Alex? Well, you know something? Uh, I, I think that's, that is an exciting thing, uh, especially if, if, if they're going to get the overhaul like Jerry's World or the oh, new uh, Levi's Stadium. You know, Maybe that might, it might motivate fans to come out and support the product, especially – if uh, it leads to them, um, you know, you know, possibly getting a turnaround, winning some football games, yeah, but well, I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty exciting. Not only that, I think that puts them kind of close to the top of the list of uh, possibly hosting a Super Bowl in the future. Oh, oh there you go. Yeah, that, I mean, that'll that'll give some that'll give some cash to Tennessee. A brand new dome stadium. <clears throat> we know what the Super Bowl did for places like right here in Detroit. You know, we, we know what it did for places like Minnesota. It, it really set up a lot of stuff. It created a lot of revenue. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I think you're going to see as far as, um, you know, the the city of Nashville there. They're going to wind up having a Super Bowl in Tennessee. Hey, so, that'd be a great thing. I think that puts them right on the top of the list. And then our last bit of news, um, Jim Irsay, the, Col- the, uh, Indi- the Indianapolis Colts owner, he had some very poignant comments <laughs> this week. I thought you were going to talk about the Jerry Jones thing, but uh, let's go and talk about this. Well, Jim Irsay, uh, first of all, he it, behind these are apparently behind closed doors, but report, several reports have come out that he made mention of the situation. And first of all, it, it, these are just this is only his first commentary about the situation involving the St. Louis relocation. Um, Jim Irsay has made it a point to say when when the St. Louis Rams relocated to L.A., the St. Louis Rams went out and um, Arthur Cronkey, I think his name is, the the owner of the Rams, Cronkey went and paid, it, paid $550 million to relocate that team to L.A. Mm. When he relocated that team to L.A., uh, he went out and... Um, he had to pay that, but then the team, because they relocated, increased its uh, uh, profitability to about by about $3.1 billion. Oh. The city of St. Louis sued the Rams for uh, their relocation and said, you cost us a ton of money. And then not only that, you gained all of this value in your franchise, and we didn't get to see any of that value. So we're suing you for that amount of money, uh, for for X amount of dollars. And the city of St. Louis won to the tune of about $800 million. According to the contracts in the NFL with the owners, in my understanding, is that the rest of the owners had to wind up choking up that $800 million to the city of St. Louis. Oh, man. Additionally, the contract also says that the um, uh, the owner of the Rams gets the ticket revenue for that he that was was there from when he was in St. Louis, so he wound up getting that two hundred and thirty two or three hundred and thirty two million dollars. So his the the money he actually lost was like nothing. Wash it was a wash. And then he went and stuck all of that cost on the other owners. And rumor has it that he is supposedly paying back the NFL 
for you know the the payments. But the thing is, is that he slapped the owners with this bill. <laughs> oh know? my gosh! Or owners. I cannot so that, I cannot imagine that Jerry Jones, Robert Kraft, and some of the older old fogies up there uh, were too happy about that. Oh yeah, and and Jim Ursay was very pissed about it, and he thinks uh, he had some very nasty things to say about Kroenke. But then on top of that, Jim Ursay at the NFL owners meeting had a uh, quite a bit to say about the Commanders owner Dan Snyder during. Oh boy, a- this guy again. Yeah, quite a bit to say about about old Dan Snyder. Um, so he he basically said the following: um, It would require twenty four out of the thirty two owners to vote yes to remove Snyder as an owner. Some things that I, and the, the quote is some things some of the things that I've heard doesn't represent us at all. I want the American public to know that what we're about as owners. You can't shy away from the fact that. I believe it's in the best interest of the National Football League that we look at this squarely in the eyes and deal with it, is the exact quote. Um, he believes that that the uh, ownership does have the ability, and he believes that they do have enough votes to get rid of Dan Snyder as an owner. Um, you know, should he be the one calling out Dan Snyder? I mean, who knows? You know, I, I, I who's to say? But he has expressed his displeasure with Dan Snyder, as have several owners. Um, you know, it, it's it's been something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I, it's it's crazy. It's some crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and and this uh, this comes only days after a woman who's alleged to have said that Jim Ursay's ex that ex mistress had what was believed to be an overdose in a home that had been purchased by the Colts trust. I mean, this is oh the shady things that, that go on in the NFL. Um, this is, this is the guy who steps out and says to Dan Snyder, I believe there's merit to remove him as the NFL. <laughs> owner, okay. Wow. But that's yeah, not, not the best representative for this situation. Right. I, I so, I mean, mm. It's there's there's a lot to there's a lot to unpack there, uh, and and I, I really do believe that Dan Snyder should be removed. I mean, we've talked about that on several occasions, um, you know, and and Snyder's you know representatives have said you know oh it's inappropriate. We know all about the Dan Snyder uh, investigations going on. You know, and and they they're still investigating the the investigations are uh, it's a House Oversight Committee. It's it's led by Mary Jo White, the former chair of Securities and Exchange Commission. I, I mean, mm-hmm. and it's all about the the sexual misconduct and financial misconduct and use of non disclosure agreements, among other things. Um, it's it's a big mess. With it's the, a mess. It it really is. Does Ursay have a point that they could get rid of? You know, Dan Snyder? Yeah, I think so. Is there, say, the best representative of that? I don't know about all that. Um, <laughs> it's it's kind of interesting. The, basically, what based on the Constitution and bylaws of the NFL, a copy of which was unsealed during the ongoing lawsuit from former Raiders coach John Gruden filed in the NFL in November of 2021, there is a mechanism 
that allows for the involuntary removal from, of an owner. So the, the process, it, it falls under a specific article of the document, which outlines the disciplinary power of the commissioner. Um, so that's included in the process uh, of a special meeting. It's like a trial almost. And the process is as follows. And this is from, from uh, straight from Yahoo Sports here. The process is as follows. One, either Commissioner Roger Goodell or any member of the ownership executive committee may present charges on the ground that Snyder, quote unquote, has violated the provisions of the Constitution and bylaws or has been guilty of conduct detrimental to the league or to professional football. Those charges would need to be submitted in writing. Goodell then would have to write, would have the right to conduct an investigation as he seems appropriate, as he deems appropriate, rather. After that, he must submit a copy of the Chargers by mail to each NFL team and to Snyder. In that correspondence, Goodell would have the right to make a recommendation concerning suspension or termination of ownership. Number two, Dan Snyder would then have 15 days to file to Goodell a written response. Goodell would then have to deliver a copy of the response to the other owners of the league. Goodell then calls the special meeting, the time and place in which he would designate to hear the charges. Goodell would preside over the meeting. Snyder would have the right to appear in person at the meeting and would also have the right to legal representation. According to the Constitution and bylaws, strict rules of evidence shall not apply and any testimony and documentary evidence submitted to the hearing shall be received and considered. Snyder and his team would be entitled to an adjournment for a reasonable time to allow for a rebuttal. After the hearing and evidence from both sides, a vote's held. Three-quarters majority has to vote him out, so 24 votes are necessary to approve the removal. One quick note worth pointing out here, since Snyder or any commander's representative would have undoubtedly voted against the measure, the bar to clear would be 24 of 31 owners. That's mm -hmm. fair. And number six, should the vote terminate Snyder's ownership of the commanders, uh, he would be forced to sell the franchise within 120 days. Mm -hmm. If he doesn't fulfill that order, he and Goodell would then need to mutually agree to the price and terms of sale if they cannot reach a mutual agreement, then the matter would go to arbitration. Um, so, I mean, and, and then the, the, according to the Constitution and bylaws, any ruling that passes with the agreed three-fourths majority shall be final, conclusive, and unappealable. Originally written for the 1970 merger, the unsealed Constitution and bylaws were revised in September 2016. So that's all straight from uh, Yahoo Sports there. Mm -hmm. it's, it's worth talking about here do you think dan snyder gets removed do you think that that we're on that precipice i mean we've been tyler and i've been talking about this for two years now yeah. <laughs> when dan snyder is going to get removed it had to come soon i think that's where we're headed yep he's he's getting dust boot um i believe he's i, I believe he's going to be shown the door uh and this could possibly open up the uh the possibility that um you know some random joe with a, with a with money to burn in his pocket could pick up a storied franchise in the NFL simply because of the fact that Dan Snyder uh, can't uh, wouldn't be able to I don't I can't I can't see Dan Snyder uh, and Roger Goodell agreeing to a terms of sale within 120 days. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 a it's a slow it's a slow window for a guy like Dan who's going to want to try to hang on to his franchise his precious franchise as much as he possibly can despite all the mountain of evidence against him. Dan Snyder is is kind of created a, a bad situation 
uh, for the commanders, he's he's having a, a pissing match with the the uh, with Washington D.C. right now over his stadium situation. He went and bought a plot of land that that he wanted to put a new stadium on that's not even as big as the current stadium that he has. I mean, he's just it's, he's an he's, idiot. He's a mess, and and they need to get rid of him. All the allegations of financial, you know, issues and 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 sexual misconduct and whatever else. Dan Snyder's a mess. Mm. They need to get rid of him. I've been and is Jim Mercy the best representative? Eh, probably not. But you know what? Somebody's got to do it. I don't think there's enough mounting evidence against Jim Mercy to nope. to even talk about him. Nope. <laughs> just, nope. Dan Dan Snyder is is the bad guy here. Yeah, I agree. So uh, that's that, and that's our news around the league. Alex, we've got one last thing to go over, mm-hmm. and that is our picks. Yeah. Uh, Tyler. Tyler didn't send me the picks. He's he's got his uh, 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 he's going to be sending his shortly here. But we'll we'll jump into our our selections as it currently stands. You are fifty five thirty eight and one, sir. I am also fifty five thirty eight and one. After last week, Andrew stands at forty six forty seven and one. And Tyler is at 56-37-1 going into this week. So Tyler holds a one-game lead over you and I. So it's Tyler, you and I are tied at second, and then Andrew is in last for the the picks around the league. Um, We also, uh, we all made our picks for the Thursday night game. Uh, I selected the Cardinals. Andrew selected the Cardinals. You selected the Saints. Um, so that went up for a loss in your column, but Andrew and I got the Cardinals in this situation. So Alex, let's, um, let's, uh, pull up the, the schedule here and we're going to talk about these week seven games. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. Here are our predictions for week seven in the NFL, starting with the Browns and the Ravens. I think the Browns had a really, really rough week this week. I am going to go ahead and go with the Ravens. Uh, I think that's where we're headed here. Yep, I believe this is a Ravens opportunity to bounce back from an unfortunate loss against the New York Giants. But again, you know, we got to we got to see it. It's a tale of two defenses. And uh, last week's defense for the Browns was atrocious. Uh, the Ravens' defense is actually a little sketchy. So we could see an offensive uh, an offensive struggle today. Yeah, I think that's what we're going to see today at 1 o'clock. Um, next up, we got the Bucks and the Panthers. Uh, I think the Panthers are a dumpster fire. I'm going with the Bucks here. Tom Brady is going to come alive in this game. I'm going with the Bucks. Bucks all day. Yes, sir. Uh, and also, Andrew, he did go with the Ravens and the Bucks in this situation as well. Uh, next up, we got the Falcons and the Bengals. Uh, Andrew goes ahead and with the Bengals. I'm going with the Bengals as well. Uh, I, I think the Falcons are, are, you know, still kind of finding their way here. The Bengals are getting hot. I'm going with the Bengals. Well, I'm going with the Bengals as well, but let's see if they can. Now, remember, Jamar Chase is the number one receiver, so mm-hmm. let's see how bad, let's see how well they cover him today. And, and let's see what T. Higgins does coming into this week because yep. T. Higgins. <laughs> because he's the number two. <laughs> yep. So if, we, if T. Higgins has a big game, we're going to be seeing a trend here. Uh, next up, the Lions and the Cowboys. You know, the Lions offense is really great, but they're going to be taking on a very tough Cowboys defense. Dak Prescott's coming back. I'm going ahead with the Cowboys here over the Lions. Cowboys. Yeah, I, I figured that's going to be a, a brutal beating in my opinion. 
Yep. Uh, next up, we got the Giants and the Jags. Sort of a tough game. I'm going with the Giants here. I, I really do think the Giants are on that hot streak, and they're going to just keep running that through. I know that, that Doug Peterson knows how to beat this Giants team. I, I, I'm still going with the Giants, though. I'm picking the Giants as well. I mean, <clears throat> Daniel Jones is not the solution to quarterback, but the guys that he has under center, uh, the guys that he has, he has Saquon Barkley. He's they got Kayvon Thibodeau. You know they have. Uh, you know they have. A, a, they got the players to get it done. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Andrew also went with the Cowboys and Giants as well. Um, next up, we're over here looking at the Packers and the Commanders. Packers are. Not looking real good, but it's Taylor Heineke coming in. But who knows what Taylor Heineke's going to show up. It's kind of a tough matchup. I'm going with the Packers here. Um, I, I do think that the Packers will, will get this one done, um, but I, I want to see what happens. The big, new, the big story for, for this game, to me, is going to be Brian Robinson and whether or not Brian Robinson can tear up the Packers. Like I said earlier, 5.3 yards per carry. Uh, or is what the Packers are giving up. And Brian Robinson is going to get a really good opportunity to re- remind everybody that he is the number one dog over there in Washington. This is a prove-it game for the Packers. I went with the Packers, but i got to tell you, they lose to the Commanders, you're, pressing, you're hammering the panic button. At this point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Andrew also went with the Packers in that game. Uh, next up, we got the Colts and Titans. Uh, you know what? It, man, this one's actually going to be kind of tough. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Colts in this situation because Matt Ryan is red hot, and I don't think the the Titans have it. I know Derrick Henry is going to make this an exciting game, but I'm going with the Colts here. Andrew went with the Titans. Where are you going? I'm going with the Indianapolis Colts, you know, especially when I found out that Matt Ryan flipped from first to worst. Now, is that just a flash in the pan, or is that going to become a trend? That's what we got to look out for. That's what we're hoping for. We're, we're hoping to figure that out. Next up, we got the Texans and the Raiders. Uh, I'm going with the Raiders here. Um, I think the Raiders, you know, are, are going to have their number, to be honest with you. And I, the Texans have a lot of work to do. I know Damian Pierce is a good running back, but I don't think David Mills is going to be able to get it done, even with the Raiders' defense not playing as well as it should be. And Darren Waller's out on injury, uh, you know, on injury uh, but they still have Josh Jacobs. They still have Derek Carr. And it's the Houston Texans, which are kind of a dumpster fire. So I'm going with the Raiders. Yep. And also, and let's not forget Devontae Adams still over there doing mm-hmm. Day Adams things. So the Raiders. Next up, uh, we got... A positive or negative? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm pushing reporters over. Uh, next up, we've got Jets and the Broncos. You know what? I, as much as I like the Broncos' defense, I'm going with the Jets here. I think the Jets are red hot. Uh, Andrew went with the Jets as well. I'm uh, going Jets as well, and I'll tell you why. That anemic ass offense. Now, yeah. And let's see what let's see what Ripley can do for him. I'm really excited to see if if they if they turns into a gunfight. I I would laugh my ass off if if this Ripkey kid stole the starting job from Russ Wilson, but that's not going to happen. Brett, Brett Rippey and I, I'm excited to see him play. I don't know if he's going to be, it's probably not going to be anything spectacular, but I want to see if he can just, you know, sling it. If he can sling it like his old, like his uh, uncle there, I'd get all fired up. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, probably the game of the week here, Chiefs mm-hmm. and the Niners. Um, yeah. You know, a real one match. Uh, I, I'm very excited about this game. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Chiefs here. 
but it's going to be a, a, an ugly, nasty, just duke it out type of brawl. I'm going with the Chiefs. Now, if we had if we had Trey Lance under center here, I'd be going with the Chiefs. But we got Jimmy G, we got Debo, we got um, you know, we got all these other great players that I can I can't think of off the top of my head. But I'm going with the 49ers. Yeah, 49ers all day. And actually, Andrews went with the Chiefs as well. Uh, next up, we got the Seahawks and the Chargers. The uh, Chargers get my uh, vote here. I know. Chargers. Yeah, I know they haven't been as great as we thought they were going to be, but they're still four and two. I think they're a better team than the than the Seahawks. I'm going with the Chargers here. Yep. Uh, next up, we got the Steelers and the Dolphins on Sunday Night Football. Kind of a tough game. Tua coming. Yeah. So Andrew went with the Steelers here. I don't think I'm going to do that. I'm going with the Dolphins here. I think. Because, uh, yeah, because of the fact that Tua's back, you got the Tua Waddle connection. You got Tua and uh, Tyreek Hill. You know, you might have, you got Pat Fearmouth. You got uh, uh, Kenny Pickett coming back in. We want to see what he can do, but I'm going Dolphins on this. Yeah, I agree. And last but not least, probably going to be the beating of the week, the Patriots and the Bears. <laughs> um, I'm going Patriots all day here. I don't think Pat- Patriots. The Bears, I mean, Bears defense might give them a little bit of a push, but I'll tell you what, uh, you're going up against Bustin Fields. I yeah, mean, the the dirt worst quarterback in the NFL today. Yeah, I agree. I think I think that's going to be a beating Patriots all day. And those are our predictions around the league. Now, Alex, we have um, just a few other things to talk about. Just a quick little shout out to our sponsors over at HR Time Massage, IYTMassage.com. Get yourself a massage at It's Your Time Massage. Amanda's a wonderful massage therapist. She does great work. She offers Swedish and deep tissue, CBD oil, you name it. She can do it over at itsyourtimemassage.com. Um, also, check out facekickapparel.com. Uh, all your custom T-shirts, hoodies, hats, uh, pants, you name it. You pick it, he sticks it at facekickapparel.com. Uh, shout out to Patch Miracle Photography, uh, the best photographer around, especially in the um, in you know, over here in Michigan. You want your wedding photos? You go to Patch Miracle. Yep. You want baby pictures? You go to Patch Miracle. You want engagement pictures? You go to Patch Miracle. You want you want uh, 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 maternity pictures? You go to Patch Miracle. If you want to do a sexy little boudoir shoot for your special somebody, you go to Patch Miracle. I mean, that's just what it is. These guys do it all. And I'll tell you what, we had our wedding photos done by them. Amanda and I did. We had our engagement photos done. We had our baby pictures done. We had our uh, our um, maternity pictures done all of those things got done by patch miracle photography i can't recommend them enough andrew and chantelle are tremendous they are wonderful people they made our special wedding day even more special uh so check them out patch miracle photography and last but not least uh we get condors gaming corner yeah we have certainly do and uh, i'll tell you uh, this last week uh, on wednesday night uh you know we do our weekly voice acting my brother andrew and i and uh, we just finished up uh, the Ace Attorney uh, um, Justice for All game. Uh, tremendous case. Probably one of the best cases we've done so far. Uh, some great acting and some good ingenuity with some voice changing to kind of really spice it up a little bit. Uh, and uh, next week, 
uh, next Wednesday, we will be starting the Trials and Tribulations game, which at the end of that road quite possibly contains the greatest case in that series. Uh, Really looking forward to, uh, you know, getting getting those chops in and uh, who knows where we're going to take this series uh, after that. But uh, tune in, guys, every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. around there. I mean, depending on what we're going to be, but it should be pretty consistent. Uh, just come on in, have a good time, give us some few laughs. I know you've been on there and gave us some pretty good memories over there. <laughs> yeah, def- uh, that Ace Attorney series has actually been pretty entertaining. I've been, I've been uh, the times when I get to tune in, um, it's intriguing stuff, and it it looks like a hell of a game. I wanted to actually try it. I, you know, I I haven't been able to tune in for every episode, but when I do, I'm like, wow, this is actually looking like a pretty fun game. I want to give it a shot. I mean, it, it's a li- it's a little tricky with the whole, you know. Okay, this piece of evidence may not fit with this situation, but it does. I don't know why. Uh, it's a it's a pretty fun detective game too, trying to like, you know, pick apart. And you know, it's like it, it's, it's it's always a who done it, but mm-hmm. you know, y- your theory can change from one to the other. You got some twists and turns that are, you know, more twisty and turning and a roller coaster. It's pretty fun stuff. Oh yeah. And I also want to give a shout out to Big Willie Dubs Gaming. Last but not least, he's he's uh, been killing it over there as well. Um, check him out. He's going to be starting all kinds of Warzone stuff and and all, all the new Call of Duty stuff. And I mean, he just started the campaign for the new game uh, last night. Um, yep. I you know so you know give that a watch and uh, you know just keep on and keep on the lookout. October twenty eighth is when the full game releases, and that's when that multiplayer stuff's going to start coming out. Hell yeah, it's going to be a hell of a time. So, um, and those are all of our sponsors, folks. I, Alex, thank you for joining me again. This is wonderful as always, and thank you for a part of the show and 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 being our our uh, new co-host. It's been fun. We we're developing a rhythm here. Tyler and I said it felt really good to have you on board, and and we're excited. Um, it's an honor and a privilege. Yeah, we're we're totally fucking stoked, dude. Honestly, yeah. it's been a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to see you guys next week. Uh, thank you all, all so much for listening. And uh, we will see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz. Ciao. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz. And be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz. And feel free to email us questions at the Outside Blitz at gmail.com. <laughs>